Blog Talk Radio. Lose the 
heaven What else in hell Can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11 Emerge at the other end Of the meditation portals And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press one To everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly Courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are! Peace, 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 peace. Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is Nolan Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill, okay? I'm going to be joining my co-host very shortly. Matter of fact, in a few minutes, I'll call that brother on a three-way and bring him in because, of course, I am having issues with my Internet, and this only happens around... Broadcast time, or it happens more frequently, should I say, around this particular time. Again, forgive me, family. It's a Friday evening. It's only six o'clock where I'm at, California. So I haven't even like the sun is blazing. It's still hot outside, and you know I haven't even uh, eaten for the evening yet. So uh, bear with me, get my thing together. All right, but let me call this brother on the. Uh, on the three-way real quick. Hold on, y'all. Yes, sir, to the KTL audience. Peace to you and yours. Brother Blue, I believe I have the Brother Red with me. Peace. Peace, peace, peace to the family. Peace to the family. Open another uh-huh. legend. Uh-huh. You are now rocking with the uh-huh. bed. This is your co-host. Brother Red Pill in the building. Yes, and he's ready to chase Yaku back in his cave. Yes, yes, Brother Red. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Yes, and I'm the true and living. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, peace to you and yours. All right, all right. Hmm? I get it from the wheel. Indeed. Yeah, I get it from I get it from the wheel. Farrakhana Block folks. Get it from the wheel. Yes, sir, man. So um Peace, welcome back to Nodalez Radio. Definitely, definitely I wanna say love and light to the family and welcome back. Especially for everybody that joined us on our last epic monumental, groundbreaking episode. I felt like an episode of Unsung, you know, with Dick Gregory. That was that was monumental right there. He never fails to uh, to download us with some information, man. That, that, that brother is a true and living griot. You know, can I get on my soapbox real quick? Yeah, please do. I just want to say, like, 
me and you had a conversation of the other night. I believe it was Wednesday night, and you know I made the statement about you know the race hero's journey, not just the hero's journey, but movie called Life. Like really, family, you got to stand back and assess. You know, really got to ask yourself: Are you co-starring in the movie, or are you starring in the movie? And when we look at this brother Dick Gregory's life and where he's at and how he's outlived, you know, his brothers and sisters, it's safe to say that he's the star of the movie. You know what I mean? Because the movie ends when your life ends. But it seems that he's still here, and he's outlived a lot of his peers and contemporaries, but he's still here to tell that story. You know, so we're really in the midst of a true and living legend of his era. He is the star of his movie. You're talking and about a, a giant amongst men. Yes. And mm-hmm. I was really, uh, I took, you know, into stock the conversation that we had. And I was out here jogging one, one, one day alongside the mountain. And I, you know, clarity of thought. Oh, you're running. Right. Huh? Jogging, jogging or running? What's that? What were you doing? I was jogging. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was jogging. It was good. <laughs> I thought we was jogging. I didn't know jogging was it. I, I knew we ran. I didn't know about jogging. Though. Well, go ahead, though. I'm on the mountain. I'm on the side of a mountain. You got to jog. You know what I'm saying? Like the brother was talking about the other day. Yeah, that, that low toe. If you do something to that low toe, it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? So you got you to gotta really be about your balance. And I be doing, you know, I put miles in. So I started ran two or three miles. You know, I'm, I'm allowed to jog a few. You know? No doubt. I'm in the best shape of my life. Cut it out now. Cut it out. I'm about to put up some pics. Put that out. Look. So, um, I'm really taken into, you know, I was taken into conversation and just, like, really overlooking the whole aspect of what was being said. And I walked away from it, and I'm like, yo, like, we talk a lot about sacrifice. Yeah. Some people, because they're steeped in their personal journey, right, they identify with the sacrifice that they have encountered in their life in order to do the things that they feel sustain them on on their path, on their mission. Now, your threshold or your ceiling might be real low, so the shit that you go up against might be definitive to you. It might be definitive to you. That might be you like, oh, I'm putting in work and I'm sacrificing something like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and not to compare somebody else's walk to another person's, but I have really been going through self-analyzation and comparing in my own mind, you know, our walk and our journey as a generation up against what several other generations went through since like the eight eighteen the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. You know what I'm saying? This whole aspect of slavery re entering the conversation. I really been analyzing how far removed are we from slavery. Like 
we get real fancy, but slavery, we, you know, slavery wasn't 200 years ago. You know what I'm saying? It was like a bunch of I was having a conversation with an elder a few hours ago, and he talked about the 60s and the fact that not only could were they restricted from flying, right? They couldn't fly in the airport, but he, you know, he was telling me about the segregated buses in the 60s in the South, you know, so the rollout from slavery, post-slavery, Jim Crow, it's not, I mean, our generation, we are the children that came from the loins of the people who were going through that. But we're only one generation, me and you, removed from that. So you might have some 18-year-olds on the line right now, some young whippersnappers, shout out to y'all, indigos and whatnot. There are a few generations removed from that. But I would beg to just ask them to sit back and take a proper assessment of the conditions of their generation and to be honest with themselves, look in the mirror. Yeah, you got the iPad, the iPad mini, the iPhone. You want Instagram, wild heavy, got Twitter followers, you know, and you may think that that puts you in the realm of, you know, uh, uh, the family of civilized men and women, but take a real honest assessment of your generation and what they're going through and their effects of Jim Crow slavery slash all of these things that have put our people in mental bondage. You know, the window dressing is real cute out there and everything. Y'all got retro Jordans and all of that. Yeah, that's nice. Nobody is truly uh, is taking an assessment of the damage that has been done. Because the rollout after the 70s was what, crack? You know what I'm saying? AIDS. The, the, the war on drugs, which was a war on poverty, which was a war on melanated men and women. You know, uh, Planned Parenthood, the Glorious Steinem, the feminist movement, all of these social political attacks that completely fractured um, and, and, and did away with what it is that we knew as the black family who were, uh, you know, basically working on getting anything together. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not speaking about that dismal affair or, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sound doomy and gloomy and, 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 you know, the achievements that our people have made throughout the uh, decades and whatnot. And the fact that many of us are standing on the shoulders of some giants, you know what I'm saying? But overall people running around feeling like, nigga, we made it, you know, with no work whatsoever. They have put in not an ounce not a smidgen of work to even say that we made it. It's just a slogan. Brothers like Dick Gregory, the Dr. Sabies, yeah, the, the Farrakhan's of the world, you know, the, the brothers and sisters who have endured and they are still with us they saw the 60s, 50s, but they actually saw it with their eyes. They, they, they witnessed, you know, they saw the devil eye to eye. They know what it is. They're not blind to what to, to, to the um, the wool that has been pulled over the chief's eyes, you know, because they can still to the reality. The reality of the situation is very real for them because, you know, they, they, they partook and participated in somebody like Dick Gregory who was, 
he was poised to drink up the cup that runneth over, you know what I'm saying? That this American harlot, you know, dishes up and serves up so eloquently, you know what I mean? That that margarita that everybody ends up um, getting punch drunk from, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You know, that's the rock laced with cyanide, you know what I'm saying, that the people be sipping from. You know, he passed on that drink, you know, many times and really sacrificed. Like, he walked away from millions. The very thing people... Huh? Did he say he was getting 400 sacks a day in network marketing? Uh, I, I, I I heard him say 600. <laughs> I should rewind that part. I thought it might have been a you know a glitch in the in the in the, nah, in the book. I, had, I had to ask him again. I was like, did you say 600 racks? Like, yeah, that's him. Yeah. So. And, and that was post, you know what I'm saying? That was post. That was like a revolutionary. Yeah, that was post his revolutionary stance. He had already walked away from millions. He already walked away from TV shows. He walked away from movies. He walked away from the the, the whole comedy, um, you know, whole circuit. And it wasn't a chitlin circuit fam. You feel me? He was sitting on couches. He segregated. He. he he uh, uh, broke the barriers of the couch. He made it possible for you niggas to sit on the couch. You feel me? Right. So he did all that in one lifetime, looking like Idris Alba. Nobody even talk about that. Idris Alba's a, a early dick clone. Pause. So, you know, he, he, you know, the, the legacy, you know what I'm saying? The legacy, the amount of sacrifice, the fact that you know, he, he's been with that one woman all this time. You know, she bought him ten children. You know what I'm saying? This is it's, it's an amazing life. It's an amazing story. He's an amazing man. He has an amazing legacy. And to still have his finger on the pulse, to still have his finger on the pulse where information gathering is, is still um, at the forefront of what he's dedicated his life, mission, and service to. He's never going to put on a dress. We're never going to see that man in leotards. You know what I'm saying? He's going to leave this world dignified. You know what I'm saying? He's actually going to leave the world standing on two feet. And that's a rare thing that we see these days. You know? They got Bill Cosby to, to dance to the tune that, that, that Gregory wasn't willing to dance to. And he gets mm-hmm. praised and, and, and applauded. You know what I'm saying? He's boule that Gregory ain't. No, he stood tall, man. So, like, I'm just going through all of this family because uh, I'm just honored to um, have 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 been a part of several shows. Now, at this point, where the elder feels so comfortable, finally, that he's able to to come sit on our virtual couch, our proverbial couch, and and and, and really go in and give us those campsite fires that we need and give us the pre the, the the precursor to what we're talking about here tonight, which is the Council of the Elders. You know, we have Mata G to follow it, you know, I mean, to, to, to open it up, to inaugurate it at the beginning of a new cycle. Then he comes in as a grandfather. And now we have, you know, we have the elders. These young men probably would be considered his sons, you know what I'm saying? 
So this is this is definitely a um it's a special heartfelt honor and if if no one got a chance to listen to that show, you owe it to yourself. <clears throat> you owe it to yourself to go into the archive and check it out. You know what I'm saying? You owe it to Dick Gregory, you owe it to your ancestors. You know? You owe it to everybody who participated in that walk. You know. That you know what I'm saying? Those those steps they took weren't um you know, they, they weren't they weren't hollow steps. Indeed. Nah, I mean I mean like he, you know, he wasn't even on the PP. Like he wasn't recycling. That was all new material. <laughs> nah, real talk. Like his stories is endless. Nah, his stories is endless. Real. His stories is endless, and I'm like, you know. Like, damn, like, he was there on the front line. He seen it. You know, he walked with these people locked arm in arm, you know. So he got stories from the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. You know what I'm saying? This is amazing stuff. And, um, you know, so and then I was comparing, or not so much comparing, but looking at the comparative walk that he took and the walk that Sabi took. Did I, you know, I'm 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 very clear with uh you know, the tour of the century, the tour of the millennium would be a Doctor Sabi, Dick Gregory, you know, tour to the cities, the inner cities of the United States and then abroad, you know, to talk to our children, to talk to the sons. I pay a Philly. Yeah, that's that's worth a billy. You know what I'm saying? That's worth a billy. I know somebody out there with a few milli they need to put that up, make that happen. G four flights and all that. They need private jets. Dignitaries, heads of state. You know what I'm saying? Like that needs to be seen that, that would fill stadiums, in my humble opinion. You know? Throw Farry in there too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we all at man. We are with the ball with with the ball yeah, was that. Throw the minister in there too. You know what I'm saying? Isn't he in that bracket? Come out. Huh? Isn't he in that bracket, that 70, 80 bracket? Yeah, he he he, he kind of up there. You know, they might have him by a few years, but that's still their contemporary, you know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he was there front row. He was he was there, and he's a direct lineage. If, if he wasn't directly there, you know, he was close enough to it. You know what I'm saying? To identify with it, he's affiliated. He's affiliated. You know what I'm saying? So affiliated. He's been initiated. You know, I'm sure that Elijah filled him up with a bunch of wisdom and, and stories, and you know his experiences. For him to go ahead and uh, share that, I mean, look at that, man. Uh, the brother Elijah Muhammad coming out of that 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 holy trinity, Elijah Noble Drew Ali, Marcus Garvey out of the roaring twenties and the thirties, 
you know, the uh, trinity of that. I mean, to be honest with you, in my humble opinion, all schools of knowledge of the present day, you know, whether it may be metaphysics, whether it may be your RBG brothers and sisters, even your Hebrew, the Hebrews, your comedic brothers and sisters, your nation of Islam, food of Islam, God, God bodies, uh, all of these schools of thought and knowledge, they all owe credit, you know, to that trinity right there. And that's Noble Juwali, uh, Elijah Muhammad, and Marcus Garvey. They all play a part in planting seeds and influence in all of the school of knowledge that fall under the umbrella of what we know now as the conscious community or the conscious network, right? And here we have a Farrakhan who's only one gen- He's the next generation, Removed after the Elijahs. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. And we do have, you know, he, he's in the spotlight. He's a brother that's out there. But there's other elders that are out there as well. There are other elders that are walking this planet who are recipients of that, that like you said, the cup that runneth over. They drink from that fountain. You know, we really have to pay homage to our elders they are the ones who are carrying the torch. They are the ones who are paving the way. They have done the work to prepare us to be where we're at today. Even if you're a neophyte, even if you're a student who just got your lights turned on yesterday. You know. Right. So I'm honored to even do the show tonight. I, I give props to King Simon, you know, King Simon Productions, for putting together the uh, monumental historic event that's going to be taking place with the Council of Elders. It's going to consist of um, Booker T, Brother Booker T. Coleman, Professor James Smalls, Queen of Four, yes. and many, many others. I really look forward to sitting at the feet of the elders, Dr. Ray Hagans, Dr. Ray Hagans, and whatever, whatever charges that they lay against this generation, okay, the Asian provocateurs, whatever the charges that they, whatever, whatever they put forth, whatever they lay down for the youth of this generation to carry out, I humbly sit at their feet, and and and, and I'm gonna carry it out. If they say bring me the head of somebody back, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry it out with all honor, with a smile on my face. Three hundred, three hundred and one. Okay. Three hundred, You know, whatever it is that they say to do, we we should all honor that. You know, because the wisdom that these brothers and sisters hold, we owe it to them because of the work and the sacrifice, all of the things that they put in, because they will they do not want to see. Their works, their struggle, their sacrifice, all for naught, go down the drain because brothers and sisters don't know how to get it together. You know what I mean? So, I really look forward to, uh, but before we start the show, I do want to do a a commercial. I do have something to offer for the family. 
wanted to get that in last week, and I wasn't able to do that. But, um, you know, today is another day. We're going to take advantage of that, all right? For my KTL Book Club members, I want to give a shout-out to all of y'all. I want to say peace and blessings and honor and praise. You know what I mean? Y'all have definitely kept this thing, you know, you know, you just, you're doing your thing. Y'all, y'all kept this thing going. You're growing at an exponential rate. We have about 100 members already in the book club who have answered the um, the offering, the 20 for 20 book offering. And as a result of your um, support for the family, we have a new offering, okay? Now, this offering is going to be not only e-books presenting audio books and in this um, package that we're presenting, we're going to be presenting a plethora of different topics. Um, spiritual growth, we're going to be presenting skills and social life, wealth and abundance, health and fitness, okay? And inside of these, the same way that we were doing it before, inside of these folders, we have about 40 different titles on, in each folder. So in health and fitness, we have... Uh, either a PDF or audio books on different topics such as brain power, body-mind mastery, eat to live, healthy at 100, okay, super immunity, the China study, the narcissism epidemic, self-health revolution, you can heal your life, all right, positive addiction, um, prevent and reverse heart disease, Inside of the people skills and social light, we have emotional intelligence, no excuses, psycho-cybergenetics, self-help, the art of loving, the art of possibility, transforming professionalism and personal life, power of habit, uh, the science of being great, the six pillars of self-esteem, the way to superior man, uh, motivation and personality, conquer your critical inner voice, constructive living, the dark side of the light chasers. Inside of the spiritual growth folder, we have, as a man thinketh, conquest of mind, conscious living, the power of intention, the power of myth, the power of now, real magic, uh, meditations, uh, how God changes your brain, the wheel of time, trust your vibes when things fall apart. I mean, you name it, we got it. Inside of the wealth and abundance, we have mastery, money and the law of attraction, creative mind and success, the psychology of winning, the science of getting rich, the courage to create, the art of achievement, super rich, a guide to having it all, secrets of the millionaire mind, rich dad, poor dad, you name it, the total money makeover, think and grow rich. I mean, we, we got it in the words of Rick Ross. And Jay-Z, you know we got it. And like I said, this generation, you know, we are a very digital generation. Family, we have smartphones and whatnot and iPads. A lot of people are on the go. They're on the run. So they don't have time to sit down and indulge in, you know, reading books. So we have audio books. For those of us that like to read, we have the PDFs as well. Um, you know the email is ktlempowerment at gmail. Dot com. That's KTL Empowerment, spelled the same way that it sounds, 
K-T-L-E-M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E-N-T, email.com. And, um, you know, just hit us up, send us your email, and we'll send you the list. And um, that's what it'll be. All right? And we also have, we still have our 20 for 20 deal that we're doing with the e-books with the different categories, alchemy, astral projection, divination and prophecy, uh, narcissism, Kabbalah, the law of civilizations and cosmology, masonry, uh, metaphysics, occultism, you name it, we got it. So how at us. Like I said, the reception has been great, and we are building up a powerful book club, and I look forward to adding more people into the club. All right. So. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> um, do you are you expecting our brother Booker T to be calling in first? Yes, sir. Uh, I do expect the brother to be calling in. I believe he's going to be calling from a six four six number. Yes. Okay, just give me one second. I'm still waiting on certain things to clear up on my. I want to give a shout out to my baby. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. She's she's in the building with me tonight. Baby Bella making her debut on KTO. Say what's up. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> 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 mama? Yeah. Her first words was da da. That's right. Uh, that was her first words. Da da. Yeah. How about her mommy? How about her beautiful mommy, Nefer Peacock? They in the building. So, you know, we're just enjoying our fans right now. Because it's about the babies, you know? If, if not yeah. anything, it's about them. You know, I really want to get that very straight to the family. If whatever you're doing and whoever, you know, whatever you're doing and whoever you're doing and whatever you're into is not benefiting the life of your children and your loved ones, you may be doing the wrong thing. You know, we don't, we definitely don't want to find out the hard way. So let's make sure whatever we're doing is there to benefit these little ones, you know what I mean, because they need us. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to my niece and her mother. Can't wait to meet her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Still getting it together over here. Okay. Yeah, we ain't got no songs we could go to, so. <laughs> you said we don't. It's, uh, nah, I, I don't. I don't have the queue open. You know, it's it's just registering. I'm signing things in, and they're still registering after half an hour. So, being patient, just working through it. So, um, let me do something. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm going to see if I can open up my laptop real quick for you. Oh, yeah, Just please do. Give me one minute. Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. Again, thank you, family. Um, bear with us. In the next few minutes, we should have this under control. We have slight technical difficulties dealing with the uh, Internet feed and the speed of the computers. There's nothing that we can do to speed them up other than wait at this particular point. So we will get the show underway. Our guests will be online and with us in the university very shortly. In the meantime, in between time, yeah. Tonight's show is sponsored by SoulRollBiz.com, Ocean14Corp.com. I'm still finalizing and everything, you know, with the My Power pieces. You know, we we, we took a few turns, and we got some things uh, that we're quite excited about. So right when I was about to launch, you know, we took it to bed and got to go play it. So, <laughs> you know, we're about to uh, really debut some, some excitement with this new jury line. You can't rush, can't rush certain things. Certain things you just can't rush. There's no need to. You know what I mean? They got to take their time. So this is one of those things. You know, we're about to take the game somewhere that's never been taken. With all due respect, you know, to everyone else that has been doing their thing. But we're about to take it somewhere else. Yeah, shout out to um, Sister Kafunia, Brother Rosman, and... um. My brother Abdul, who is uh, a jeweler as well, he has an amazing, amazing jewelry line, amazing copper jewelry line. You know what I'm saying? His brother's an inspiration on so many levels. They're going to be at um, Nicholas Bookstore, I believe, April 6th. And they're going to be doing a, um, a demonstration, of course, dealing with the crystals, dealing with the jewelry, the copper. And I... Um, Almost certain that the brother Rossman is going to be debuting some of the artifacts and the pieces that he got, you know, on his latest excursion out here to the West Coast. So that's April 6th at at, uh, at Nicholas, you know. And it's a few other things, from what I understand, that are taking place in the city, you know. That excitement seems to be bubbling up. Election season is coming back around. And one of the uh, one of the more exciting events that I've heard of that are coming up is this particular event that tonight shows a prelude to, which is the gathering of the masses, the Council of the Elders. Okay. And that's going down, I believe, at the uh, National Black Theater. Date for you in a second. It's towards the end of the month, that much I remember. Um, Pull it up right now. And then they got Valentine and then Deborah Blair coming to town, doing something with Polite. That's what's up. 
you know. That's the UFO conference? The who? The what? That's, that's, that's Brother Polite in the UFO conference with Dr. Nova Blair, Phil Valentine, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're doing something like that. You on the bill? Mr. said what? Oh, nah, nah, nah. Nah, I ain't on that. I ain't on that, you know. I ain't on that one. Wow. I'm, I'm gonna be on the wheel. I'm gonna sit this one out from the wheel. Me and Farrakhan, we're gonna sit this one out from the wheel and just look at, you know, just look at this uh, this demonstration. Wow, that's interesting though. My thing is like, as long as the information, you know, that that you know. I'm that type of person. I don't really study nobody's thing too much. I don't expect nobody to include me in nothing that, you know what I'm saying, I don't create and, and include myself in. So, you know, I ain't looking or waiting on nobody to uh, validate any of my experiences. My thing is, as long as it's being discussed, there's a lot of information that's still going to be able to come to the forefront. Because, you know, you know how to... Uh, you know how the D-Riders be. They're going to be jumping out the woodwork. Everybody's going to have an induction story. And, you know, I got songs coming out with aliens next week. You know, they're going to start hitting you with all that. Like, oh, nah, you know. So he's going to start the tidal wave of all the, all the alien D-Riders. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully, through all of that, you know, there might be some truth that shines through it. And somebody might actually be able to walk away with something sincere. Or I might just crash the joint and tell you actually what's really going on. But I got to be mindful and respectful as well that not, you know, there's not one race or one species of an alien. So not everyone is coming to the same people for the same reasons. So that brother could have been influenced by something that came directly to him from, from his bloodline. You know what I'm saying? I might not have nothing to do with that. You know, that could be a whole other part of different part of the galaxy. And they could be coming to tell you something totally contrary to, uh, you know, what it is that they're coming to me and communicating to me. So we'll see. It'll play out as everything else does. I, I, I hear you, bro, you know. We'll, we'll see what that thing does. We'll see what it's about. Yeah. Good old, good old news. Else, if nothing else, I'm going to tell you, I have, I have faith in my brother, and I have never wavered. I've seen him do many things that could be very questionable, you know, but I've, I've you know, I've, I've never outwardly chastised any of those things. I've spoken to him in private about some of them. You know, but I have full faith in him yet and still. So I know that, um, you know, the best possible outcome is the only outcome that will come out of this. I look forward to it. I look forward to the information being shared. Um, you know, there's there's nobody that has vanguarded this movement and this information more than Dr. Delbert Blair. You know what I'm saying? He's at the forefront. So that brother, you know, 
he gets to sit on that stage and, you know, Phil Valentine as well, Dr. Reverend Phil Valentine, he's also able going to be able to lend some support to the conversation being had where a person might walk away and understand it differently on a metaphysical level. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, poss- that's, 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 that's a possibility that, uh, you know, is exciting as well. What I wanted to ask you is, like, are those two events centered around the same time, the gathering, the Council of Elders, and this UFO conference? Are they, like, the same weekend or something? Nah, but I believe they all take place in April. I don't have the exact date in front of me. I believe King Simon may be on the call. Um, well, well, we'll find out about the date. The Elders, I believe, is the 16th, um, not 100% sure, and the UFO conference is towards the end of April. I look forward to seeing my good brother, Dr. Valentine, coming to town, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. You know, it's been a minute. Nothing else, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to miss it simply for that, you know what I'm saying? Got to see Valentine. Yes, sir. It's been a minute. Shout out to Brother Rich. Brother Rich had Double Blair on his program the other night. I was able to hear, or I don't know whether it was the other night or the day. I, I heard it on YouTube. So, you know, I heard I heard Delbit speaking of some things that were very interesting. Um, you know, everybody got a uh, Flight 370 theory, which is which is dope. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But, you know, my brother Delbert, yeah, Delbert, 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 you know, Delbert be on it. He don't waver. He got a script and he's sticking to it. And I really, like, I respect that. You know, my dude, same way that somebody be sitting up there and they be like, watch him try to make this be about the number 44. You know, Delb is going to make it be about the Draconians. You heard? <laughs> yeah, I don't care what you say, how you spin it, you know what I'm saying? The, dra- the Draconians did it. And that's that. You know what I'm saying? That's all you need to know. There are seven-foot alien species that are extra, intra, and on-the-surface reptilians, you know, Seven foot standing, ten foot standing, yeah, all that. Yeah, that brother, he don't, he don't change clips. You know what I'm saying? He shoot from the same gun. I respect that. So Sunday, April thirteenth, okay, twenty fourteen at the National Black Theater. What is consciousness, and is there a conscious community? Is the question that's going to be asked to the first council of the elders. All right, so we will be in attendance with Dr. Ray Hagens, Dr. Leonard Jeffries alongside his wife, Dr. Rosalind Jeffries, Professor James Small, Professor Booker T. Coleman, and the wonderful, marvelous Queen of Fuller. All right, so that's a full deck. That's a full deck, you know what I'm saying? 
definitely a full deck. Yeah, that's definitely a full deck. I look, I, I really look forward to uh, that lineup right there, and I really look forward to hearing those questions addressed and answered. I want to hear from them. What are their perceptions, and what you know, what have they seen over the years to qualify to say there is such thing as a conscious community? You know, at this point, I'm more than willing to accept their answer. You know what I mean, and their assessment as to what it is that they see taking place inside of this community. Right. What's that um, computer looking like on your end? Uh, I'm still working on it right now. I'm pulling it up. But in the meantime, if you want me to, I think I could be. I could uh, reach our brother to book a tea via three way if need yeah. be. Yeah, I, I, I think that you need to do that for now until we figure this situation out. Because we are right. walking on the uh, 10 o'clock hour, and I don't want to overlap times because I have the brother, Professor Smalls, coming in very shortly too, okay? Dialing on the records. Yeah, family, so the chat is not open, you know what I'm saying, um, until we get these things situated. With the uh, the blog talk, you know, blog talk be bugging. I'm sure that I ain't telling you nothing that you don't know. Hold on one minute. All right. But unless you uh, host a show and deal directly with them, you really have no idea how they really be bugging, how they bug behind the scenes. (laughs) You have no idea. You know? So please, uh, again, just bear with us. It'll definitely be well worth the wait. Okay. Go records. Let me give a birthday shout-out while we at it. You know what I'm saying? I want to hail up and salute my dude. Nitty the Bad Chiller. Happy Born Day. Oh, that's his born day? Yeah, but he still go hard on his born day. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the brother, Nitty the Bachelor, for all of my KTL Empowerment family, uh, Feed the Matrix family. Shout out to everybody. We are going to be introducing you to this brother in the very, very near future, as soon as we have enough people on level four and above. You know, Shout out to everybody that stepped it up after the two point, the two by four um, feed the matrix show started signing up for um, the program and whatnot. It, we had a we had a wave. We actually had a tsunami of people who stepped up into um, level four and above. So shout out to yeah, it, it's a good look. But um, this brother, nah, it, it, it's really uh, yeah. I promise you, family, we're gonna have like. Uh, a power power episode. We're gonna have some of the top inspirational speaking network marketing folk coming forth real shortly. I'm gonna bring the Gregory back for that because I didn't really get a chance to uh, go in, you know, saying as as detailed as I wanted to for him to give you some of them some of those tips. This is the brother, you know, that the, the spring swell came from him. You know, what I'm saying this was his thing, so. Yeah, and 
always want to reiterate that network marketing, the first millionaire, it came from Madam C.J. Walker family. Yeah, 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 yeah. first millionaire in network marketing was a sister. She had a lot of fixed in. Okay. A lot of Okay. That was Madam C.J. Walker. All right. That was, that was, you know, she brought, she brought that to, to the family. Yeah. For some reason, we have become so, I don't know, you tell me, but we haven't embraced network marketing the way that we should have and completely took this thing by the horns, uh, the proverbial horns, and uh, mastered it. You know, this this is this is our susu. This is our way to make uh, residual income outside of the plantation. So, big ups to everybody. But like I was saying, the brother has a program that is uh, definitely something that we are looking at. Um, he has a, a network marketing program that is, from what I'm seeing and what I'm reading. The results are, are outstanding, and um, you know the only thing is it's not a dollar seventy-five to sign up. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. So, like I said, when our members, when our case, when a feed matrix family is ready to spend a buck fifty, drop a buck fifty to make a few thousand dollars a month, then we're going to be able to introduce it to the um, platform. All right, and I really look forward. I mean, like I said, if 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 we have twenty people that are ready. You know, KTL Empowerment at Gmail, I'm not, I'm just speculating. I don't know. If we have 20 people, if I get 20 emails, then we'll be introducing the Brothers Program in a few weeks. You know what I mean? We'll take this thing and run with it because it's, it's a very powerful program. Yes. And it's very rewarding. All right. And um, I'm working on right, the, 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 I think it's pulling up right now. So give me a few minutes. If Booker T, Brother Booker T, if you're on the line, give us a few minutes. We are opening up the call queue right now. We're going to be able to pull you in. All right. Or the same to uh, Fest Smalls. You know what I'm saying? Once you open up this line, or once you open up the studio and then you punch yourself in, free up the three-way, I'll call Professor Smalls and bring him in. You know what I'm saying? So we can have them both on at the same time, like this is an actual council. Yes. Okay. 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 Yes, sir. Is there anything that's upcoming in New York this weekend that you might want to um, make mention of, people need to know about? Um, I'm not even in New York right now, but I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Sure. 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 And family. I don't want to keep saying this. And as a matter of fact, I ain't going to say it. We're just going to pop up with the program and the show. I can keep saying that we're going to have certain people on. And then, you know what I mean? We're not known for that. We say somebody's going to be here, they show up. There's a guest that we've been speaking about for a minute. And um, I think that it's time that this brother comes forth 
You know, there's a lot going on in the media dealing with his son who was taken from, you know, him and his family and us. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of back and forth. I think everyone else shot their load now. I want this brother to come forth and, and humanize, you know, his, his, his baby, his, his child to us. You know, speak to the other fathers out there. Speak to the other sons out there. It's imperative. I'm speaking about uh, Tracy Martin, okay? So that show is still coming, you know? It is interesting the way that the ancestors work, right? Very much. When we, the brother Tracy Martin, in January, the shenanigans and the things that are taking place with uh, Zimmerman, with his son Trayvon Martin's name being mentioned in the news with this Kobe Bryant incident and uh, a lot of things just wasn't in the news stream prior to us meeting the, you know, the brother, then all of a sudden, it's just like overnight almost, you start hearing all of these things about George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman, and then Trayvon Martin's name started coming up. So it's very, you know, it, I really feel like the timing is perfect to open up the uh, the show to the brother Tracy Martin. So to the family, like, we don't watch Don Lemon on we don't watch Don Lemon on CNN family. Like we don't do that. We don't look for you know, we don't look for nobody to tell our story. But, I mean uh, when and, and and all due fairness, I don't I don't watch Don Lemon, I don't watch CNN. But I do read stories on the internet. Has this brother been speaking up on behalf of Trayvon though from what I understand? Don Lemon. Cause I know Roland Martin said something. He balked at Kobe. He said a shot. Yeah, I'm not sure. But these are the type of things that do not happen in societies where the Council of Elders are firmly positioned. Case in point. You understand? Mm-hmm. It just don't happen. So why don't you try to call the brother on your three-way? Okay. I'm actually trying to log it to the, uh, the account. And I must, there must have been a change in the password. No. Okay. No, when's the last time that you logged in? Wasn't too long ago. Okay. Well, the last thing on that password is a number four. That's all I can tell you. You know, nothing changed. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying, that in the interim, you know, while you try to get that together, what you can be almost certain to show of is if we call him on the three-way and if he's there, we can start, you know, the, the, the show while you try to get that situated on the signing side, you think because I'm on a three with you, it's not allowing me to make that call. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
and you're saying your internet is still telling you that the sign up is no bueno. No bueno. You're gonna have to text text me the info so I can make sure that I'm putting in the right information. Real quick. Alright, hold so on. I'm on the signing page. I'm on the signing page right now. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got it. Okay, you got my text? Yeah. All right. Is it is it is it processing? Yeah, I'm about to do it right now. I mean at, okay. at the same time I was putting in but I'll do it again. Okay. Again, family, thank you for being patient. Um again the chat room is not open. At this particular time, but um, once the brother gets things up and running, we'll have all of those things working. Okay, then we could be like, "This is we made it." Me and Tim, I don't even get to hear my song tonight. If you get in the studio, <laughs> man got slaughtered. By the way, that's a whole other story. I guess we uh, oh yeah, like I seen you. You might might want to mention the whole uh, God Hop University. It wasn't enough room to put my face on there too. Just it's just <laughs> at the end of the banner. Yeah, shrink it. Photoshop. I'm gonna show y'all. I'm gonna show y'all some Photoshop. Nah. Go ahead. Let people know what's going on. I ain't make that fly. Shout out to my brother for Messiah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm used to being left out of shit these days. You know what I'm saying? I've grown quite accustomed to it, so it's all good. I guess it's just in the air, so. But we gonna we gonna fix that up, bro, man. Nah, nah, nah. Things are like you know everything is what it's supposed to be. For the most part, you know the things that we need to focus on fixing are much more important than uh, faces on flyers and participating in lectures and you know that's not what makes or breaks us. You know what I'm saying? Not at all. I don't really focus in, in study on that. I have enough on my own plate <laughs> that I need to focus on. I, I, I'm more so the mind that when you're ready to receive um, particular things, then, you know, those are the things that, that come to you and come for you. Yeah. So... Share the same sentiment. Hmm? I said I share the same sentiments that you do. Absolutely. So you know, my mission is not not taking things personal, and I don't really be looking too too far into things these days. It just is what it is. You know, this is a vast universe, man. 
you know, you can only hope to live to uh, the elders' age, to laugh back, to look back on some of these things and just be like, look <laughs> we made it. So, what's the science? What's going on again? Uh, I'm, I'm behind the wall. Okay. Behind the wall. Okay. Yeah. Just working on getting it to the studio. It seems as if this issue that you're having with the studio is not isolated to you only, apparently. Yeah. Family would never understand, and I don't want to be one with no conspiracy theorists. You know what I'm saying? That's a crowded. That's the crowd. That's a crowded back of that truck. Back of that truck crowded. That's a fair. That whole thing right there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be on the bottom of that boat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, some of them ships are going to Guantanamo. I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't have nothing to do with that. So I don't even be speaking about what the man is doing to keep the pills down. But look, for the family that wants something new and something fresh. This Memorial Day weekend, something fresh festival is coming to Moorland, Georgia. You heard it. Payments, words are cutting. Moorland, Georgia. You didn't know there was a Moorland, Georgia. Now you do. But what's even better is that a whole team of healers and health practitioners and magicians and all all the sorts of eclectic, eccentric people are going to be coming down to Moreland, Georgia, all right, for the Something Fresh Fest this Memorial Weekend. Keynote speakers will be Supernova Slum and Juju Mama, okay? This is May 23rd to 26th, all right? And you can go to somethingfreshfest.com. The pills will be in the building, all right, doing a demonstration. Coach Kaya will be there. Uh, sister named Honeysuckle Moon, Comedic Yogi, China Brooks, Soul Systems, Char Edwards, Shaman Hands, Giovanni Goins, Matthew Yo, uh, Beauty Queen, Kanice, Gigi, G Twice, Malika's Truth, Ajinis, Samadhi, Tawa Siwa, Queen Mother Goddess Opulence, all right, along with the Organic Blood family. All right, this will be the official official Hemp History Week event, whatever that means. <laughs> Eat, Hill, Grow, Something Fresh Fest, Moreland, Georgia, May 23rd to 26, 2014. You can get your tickets by going to the somethingfreshfest.com. I believe they have a sale going on right now. All right, check them out. See what they're talking about. They have um, some people in some towns are putting together motorcades and everything. Where they're going to be coming down um, from their town respectfully, you know, filled up. You might want to holler at the organizers, and they'll put you in contact with other people that are carpooling to get down there. I just know that you need to be in the building. It's going to be on 200 acres of sacred land. There's going to be camping involved, okay? So this is how you're going to have to domicile. You're going to have to domicile outdoors. The real experience, camping. You heard? So... Y'all might definitely want to be there for that experience, medicines, taking it back to the land. We're taking it to the land of the Moors, the Moors land. 
you know? And um, we come in with that thing, you know what I'm saying? I definitely have a presentation and a half that I'm putting together, you know, that's going to tie in right into the land. So definitely want y'all to be in the building family. Memorial Weekend down in Georgia. It's about an hour away from Atlanta, okay? But like I said, highlight the organizers. Sister Tiffany is a beautiful soul. I'm sure that she'll help as much as she can getting you the answers that you need in terms of travel and, and, you know, whatever other arrangements that you need. All right, but check that out. Something Fresh Festival, right? Moreland, Georgia, that's genius. Okay? Brother man? Technology. My Facebook is working just great. Blog talk don't want to do nothing. This is amazing. Brad, you there? Hello? Bro, man, you there? Oh, man, what my brother? Click over and see what happened there. Give me one second, y'all. Yo, hello? Uh, I think he may be trying to call me on the line. We got the call queue open. Let's see if we have our caller for the show tonight. Peace, hello? Yeah, blue. You hear me? Yes. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. I was able to open up the queue, so let's try to get our guest in for the night. Get the show on okay. the road. All right, pardon me. To the family that's on the call, listening, um, you know, through technical difficulties, but nonetheless, we are here. All right. Yes, indeed. Hmm. <laughs> What what um number is Brother Professor Smalls calling from? He's not on the line yet. I'm gonna have to call him. Okay. Why you don't see Booker T? 
I'm sorry, call him on the freeway. I said, if you don't see Booker T, call him. He might have been on the phone and hung up. Might want to have to call him. Legend, 
Booker T. Coleman. Peace to the brother Booker T. Greetings. Welcome to Northern Ledge Radio. My brother, host Kep, I'm glad to be back, brother. I appreciate the blue and the red inviting me back to be a part of it. And our brother is also affectionately known as Kaba Kameni. Peace to my brother Kaba as well. Hotep, Hotep, appreciate it. And to the family of Nota Ledge, I send my regards. Absolutely, brother. It has been um, something that I've been looking forward to for the longest. We've been in discussions since I attended some of your classes out here in Los Angeles and was just blown away by the information that you bring, you know, I've been talking about you for a minute to the family, so it's an honor to have you back here on the program tonight. Um, this is a, a, a it's wonderful that the conversation brought us back to this place because now the proper setting has been created, proper venue has been established for us to have this conversation about the council, about eldership, you know what I'm saying, about okay. us being students sitting at the feet of the math teachers and the elders, and really, really getting the direction as the direction is passed on. I just want to share a story with the family very quickly. Um, this past, the, the 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 last, the, the first day of spring, which was the 20th, I attended a a sweat out here in Los Angeles, and this sweat was officiated by Lakota chief, and to sit at the, the feet of the chief. And hear the information that his brother dispensed. It was passed on to him. Thousand-year traditions, you know what I'm saying? These stories never change, you know. And the information was just like it was. It was so. You know, it's like when you hear your grandfather talk. Your grandfather don't be getting that deep and metaphysical. He just be giving it up. It might be within the same. You know those those same way they put them in them old Negro spirituals. You know what I'm saying? It might be a line out the Bible, but this brother was telling his story through stories. And I was just like, this is what my people really need. You know, we really need these elders to pass this information down as it was passed down to them from their fathers and their grandfathers because the lessons really don't really change. They don't have to because we're dealing with the same thing. It just comes in cycles. Some things have, have... you know, some of the information that they were being given was to prepare them for the situation, and some of the information is to get, to get you through the situation. Mm. So here we are at this particular um, juncture in time where a council is very necessary. There are things that are going on in the community that are taking place simply um, because of misdirection. You know what I'm saying? There are people that are making a lot of rash decisions simply because they don't feel that they have a body organization to go back to, you know, to get um, higher insight from. So as as one of the elders, you know, that are a part of this council, can you speak to us personally about why you accepted this invitation? Why was it so important for you to participate in this function? Well, you know, one of the, the uh, most important things that I, I feel that sustains a nation is the place that the elders play. Um, and I felt that as I was just looking at the way we were developing ourselves and looking back when I was developing myself, and I know we had our, our Dr. Clarks, our Dr. Dr. Edward Scobies, 
Dr. Arshashi McIntyre, Jeannie Baines. I mean, I could go through the list of the elder brothers and sisters, part of First World Alliance. They were the founding members of ASCAC. And I personally didn't see. I also believe that everybody who matures isn't necessarily an elder. And an elder is a chair that you sit on having acquired a certain amount of success in what you do. So that I don't necessarily think that everybody who gets to an age is an elder. You can be senior, but it doesn't mean that you are an elder. And so to differentiate and to be clear to the community... My uh, participation in this council and this workshop that is going to have some of the greatest minds that are available to us, I felt this was the time that the elders also, we take on the responsibility of making ourselves available to the younger generation of scholars who are coming up and to let them know that, you know, we're here for them and that if they have questions or come. You know, I mean, you know, I came up under tutelage of Professor John Henry Clark. And I also was exposed to people such as Dr. Ben. I worked with Dr. Chancellor Williams for a while when he was in Washington, D.C. in 1984. So I've come up under, and I consider my intellectual mother to be uh, Dr. Sharshi McIntyre. Not to mention the role that Dr. Rosalind Jeffries has played. And uh, Sister Dr. Marimba Ani, uh, Dr. Patricia Newton from Baltimore, Maryland. So we have the elders, and I know that there has been questions as to, well, how about, and they would go through the list. And I believe that uh, they will be called upon as time goes on to also be a part of this concept that is being developed. So that it is not just about the five or the six of us on April 13th, it's about beginning the dialogue of the role that elders play in our community to move forward. And I just think it's so very important because I know I benefited from the elders. And uh, we as elders now that we are where we are, you know, just a story to tell you about Dr. Clark and myself, there was a time I told Professor Clark that, you know, there was no way that I could ever repay him. We, you know, we were in a conversation. And I told him, you know, there was really no way I could ever repay him for all that he did. And he, in his humorous way, smiled and smirked and said, you're right. You know, you couldn't afford to pay me what I've done for you. But he said, you can, when you get to a certain age, the only way to repay me for others what I have done for you. And so this is my opportunity to thank Professor Clark by reaching out to others, others of the younger generation who are attempting to get their world together. And the only way they can repay the elders who are doing this is to do this when they become elders. So it's a perpetual cycle. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And this council this meeting is to let the community know that the cycle continues. Cycle continues. Exactly. And that the wheel is not broken. 
and that we are not limping as a people. But it is now time uh, for the elders to come forward. It is not just time for the younger to call forward the elder. It's time for the elders to take their place and to accept the responsibility of what we have with the younger generation by being there for them. So that if there is a question that they have, if there is a conceptual framework that they'd like to build on, that we are there to assist them. And as you said earlier, take whatever experiences we've had and share that so that the younger generation will know. And one of the things that I felt was very important, and uh, Brother King Simon, who was sponsoring and producing this, and I were talking about is that I'm noticing on Facebook and other places where I'm hearing some of the people who are newly uh, quickened, uh, they're just getting into this information. Uh, yes. They're expressing disappointment. They're, they're expressing disappointment in what they're saying is the conscious community. And they're saying, well, you know, the people who are claiming to be conscious are doing the same thing that the Christians were doing and that, the, and that all the other organizations that I belong to are doing. They're doing the same thing. And what I'm attempting to explain to, to our community is that there really is no such thing as a conscious community. There is not a community that has been labeled conscious. Consciousness is a way of living. And if someone is conducting themselves inappropriately, you don't have to ask them if they're conscious or not, because they're not. Because consciousness do not act a certain way. And I'm concerned that the conscious so-called community or the people who are attempting to get this information to our people are falling into the same label as people who are using the concept of being conscious as a shield to do their devilment or their evil do or their evil actions and claiming to be conscious as if it's all right to act like that when you're conscious. And it's not all right. It's not all right to deceive people or to lie to people or to steal from people. And if you do that, you are not conscious. And so, therefore, you are not representing the conscious community because I don't think that there is a conscious community. I believe there's a cosmic community upon which people are conscious. Mm. Did you say more so a cosmic community? Yes, ma'am. Yes. You know, I'm talking about a group of people who have come to a certain understanding of as above, so below, who have, a, who, who have uh, aligned themselves with forces far stronger than what is hovering over the earth. You know, you know I've said frequently, you know, we are not earthlings. We're starlings. Right. And we are, you know, Hello? Hello? We didn't have a time from the other day. Hello, Brother Booker T. Hello? Oh, he's gone. 
Brad, are you there? Red pill. family brother I mean do you remember when we were in LA and we identified them right outside the lecture we know that uh, we are definitely part of a cosmic community you know what I'm saying oh yeah man yeah absolutely and you know I do think that there are things that we have to come to understand that when you are one with those forces you do not conduct yourself a certain way yes because you realize that you are out of tune, you are out of vibration. You know, the universe is like a wonderful symphony. And there are people who are in harmony, and there are people who are out of harmony. So it's like listening to a symphonic revolution where somebody's out of key. You know, I mean, when uh, Mandrill and I encourage the family that when you get a chance, just just listen to the song Symphonic Revolution by Mandra. And uh, listen to those words that they use as it relates to a symphonic revolution. And, you know, to understand that the world we're living in, and, and the world not just of the earth, but of the entire cosmic spectrum. And these are the types that we have to have with our families in order to bring them to the point where we are moving away from having to be uh, validated by a Western world that knows not this symphonic revolution. They are out of tune with the realities of the cosmos. So it becomes important that we understand. Yeah, brother, I'm here. Yes, the phone faded for a second. But yes, you know, um, there's harmony and there's disharmony on this planet. There is and there always will be. Um, Our interest is bringing more people over from the disharmony side over to harmony. As an elder, as a participant in this council, what would be your message to the people in the audience, some of which might come into that building disharmonious but looking for certain things to get their keys in order. You know what I'm saying? They might want to be, you know, setting the key of life. You know what I'm saying? What can you offer in terms of, you know, your observation as an elder and your journey? What can you reach back and give 
brother or sister who might be striving to get back on the road to harmony? Well, I, I, I think that my contribution, because each and every one of the members that will be there presenting for that evening uh, are all dynamic, and I, ha- and I am personally a student of each and every one of them. Right. And so there is no question that I'm going to be there with my notebook and pen myself that night. My contribution is to talk about my perception from where I am coming from of what I perceive consciousness so that I don't want to leave people open by saying there is no conscious community without describing from my own, if I may say in my own humble opinion, what I perceive consciousness to be and to be conscious. What is that? And to begin to develop a scientific, a a knowledge base of understanding of what consciousness is. And so that's what will be, that's what will be, when I say we, I mean I and I, me. That's what we'll be talking about that evening. We'll be talking about what is consciousness. How do we perceive it? And every one of the members, you know, the members of the audience will, by their own view of themselves, see, we're looking, as Brother Michael Jackson said, we're going to start with the man and the woman in the mirror. In the mirror, yes. Yeah, let's start with that person we see in the mirror. Let's not try to change each other. Let's not try to transform each other. Let's just figure out where each and every one of us is in this conceptual framework, and then from there build a one-to-one relationship with the community. But first we have to know what we're looking for. And because our educational system does not deal with consciousness, because that's really what all education is supposed to be about. That is what school is supposed to be about. It ain't about uh, taking tests. It's not about studying and passing tests in math and science. It's about using those subject areas like a meditator uses a mantra to get to a certain point of consciousness. So that's really what education is. And in, in my attempt at developing and sharing my information on the schools that we need for the future for our children, that's what I'm trying to get to. Consciousness is the only thing that grows on this planet. And that's the only thing you can bring with you once you separate from your physical body. See, we're getting too close to the material things of the earth. And we're not realizing that you don't bring none of that with you once you go six foot under. You don't bring your sneakers. None of it. You don't bring your car. Nobody's interested in your house. What you bring with you is your consciousness that you have acquired in the years that you've been allowed to be on this planet. Consciousness. Right. We need to give a definition, a working definition, a practical definition that I am not asking anybody to believe. I just want our community to start to think. I tell people all the time, brother, I know you've heard me say it before. I'm not here. I hope you don't believe a word I say. I'm not here for you to believe me. I am here simply to make you think and think for yourself. That's what Malcolm thought. Think for yourself. 
come to conclusions for yourself. Right. You just you just provide the facts. You know what I'm saying? Those bits and pieces of information. Yes. As as I would know that, because there might be somebody else that might have another perspective, which I respect. Right. That's what makes life so exciting, man. This would be a boring place if we all agreed on everything. Yeah, it would, right? <laughs> yeah, excitement yes, comes at the point of departure. You said excitement comes at the point of? Departure, where we don't departure. agree. Departure. My growth, right. see, we don't grow when we agree. We start to grow when we are when we are required to think outside of our own thinking process. Right. And so I have no problem with people who, who differ. We can we can disagree and not be disagreeable. Yes. And that's an art within itself. And not have uniformity. So why do you feel as children of this so called quote unquote conscious community. Um, I'm sure that you've seen it throughout the social networks. I'm sure that you see it in your daily walks. I'm sure that you hear about it. Why is this community outside of every other one, more so this one, so disagreeable when faced with some level of disagreement? You know, is this not enough that I don't see things the way that you do? You know, I gotta tear you down if I don't see things the way that you do. It's just not enough that, you know, I'm willing to throw your argument out. I want to throw you out with your argument. Why has it gripped this so-called, quote-unquote, community in, in a way in which people are so diabolical about their disagreements? Because no other people have gone through what we've gone through in current history. And in this geographic location, there is no other group that has gone through this. And we are recipients of a generational growth process that has put one against the other and made us so refuse to embrace our own that we're willing to accept, embrace, and fight for the right to support other people's great. And so anybody that comes amongst us, we're willing to embrace their thought process because we've been taught to disrespect our own. <clears throat> I don't use that as an excuse. I use that as a reason because I don't care what it was. We better get our show together. And that's another reason why I think it's important for us to do what we do because the elders now have to and deliver this message to the, to the community. I, I, I see it everywhere I go, brother. Not just in New York or California. I see it everywhere I go. The African community over the past 500 years has been taught in force and torture in refusing to embrace who they are and to respect everybody else. And again, I'm not giving up no excuses. There is no excuse. There are reasons. And once we know the reasons, once you know better, you've got to do better. 
see. Brother Red, are you on the line? I don't know what that 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 background noise is. I don't know if you uh, hear it in your phone as well. That's not me. I have my phone on mute. It may be, I may have a line open. Give me one second. And pardon me. Yes, please. Peace, huh? Peace, peace. Oh, okay, Simon, that might be your, sign, your line, you think? Yeah, yeah, it was me. It was me. I, 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 cut, I cut it off. Yeah, yeah, I cut it off. Yeah. Okay. No problem. So, yes, brother, you said in your travels throughout this country, and I would surmise maybe throughout the world because our indoctrination seems to be, you know, our greatest export at this point. They're putting in the music. They're putting in the visuals. You know what I'm saying? They're disguising it and packaging it as culture. So I would think that, um, you know, especially throughout the Caribbean and the adjoining islands and, and overseas or what have you, this attitude and this mentality is also taking grip of our people. You know, it's almost like a uniform or a costume that they put on. Um, what, you know, could possibly reverse this 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 level of, of mentality that people have where they don't love one another, they don't love themselves. Like, can you teach an old dog new tricks? Well, you well you actually what you can do is you can teach the dog that it was a trick all the while. You don't even have to uh, teach them new tricks, just teach them the truth. Uh, okay. You see, Mom? See, my thing is just to lay it out. One of the things that I've noticed, my brother, where I have visited, that there is a shift that's going on. There's an yes. intellectual and cosmic shift that's going on. Now, that I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is the king was right. We are going to get to the promised land. The bad news is a lot of us ain't going to make it. Right. You see, so that I'm looking for three out of a hundred people that are ready to make this move. I am through uh-huh. trying to convert. You said three out of a hundred? Yeah, man. Everybody not ready for this right now, brother. Yes, that's very clear. That's very clear to me. And I'm just sorry to those. I love our people unconditionally. I love you, gangbanger, <clears throat> pimp, prostitute. I don't care. I'm looking for your consciousness. I'm not looking for anything that defines who you are. But my bottom line is there's a lot of folk not ready for this, brother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you got that hang-up. I'm sorry that you're working out certain situations that you are embedded in. But you know something? I just don't have time to try to convince you because if I have to uh, convince you, I know there's no words I could use that would convince you. And if I don't have to convince you, then I don't need to say nothing. Let's just get it on. And I'm noticing a shift in people. I'm noticing there are more and more younger people coming to the presentation. I'm noticing there are families coming to the presentation. I'm noticing that they're bringing their children with them to the presentation. I'm noticing that they are appreciating uh, the speakers and the presenters more. 
that they're coming to realize that, as Dr. Amos Wilson has taught us, that our organization meets its needs and uh, solves the people's problems, and there are just too many religious organizations and political affiliations and economic organizations that are not meeting the needs and solving the problems of the people, and the people are searching. And there are some that are beginning to believe firmly and rightfully knowing thyself is the cornerstone to all success in life. Because when you know who you are, where you are, and how in the world did you get there, when you can answer those questions, you then can know why are you here, your purpose here, and how do you get to fulfill your purpose now that you're here. So people are beginning to realize that knowing thyself is the key and cornerstone to their future, yes. and that is what I see happening. So I have yes. great positive feelings for the future. Like Harriet Tubman said, her greatest achievement was that she was able to be a part of freeing thousands of slaves. And she said her greatest disappointment was she could have freed thousands more had they only known they were slaves. And that's what I say. One of our greatest achievements for all of us who, who present ourselves before the community, our greatest achievement is when we are able to show our people how to free their African mind, their cosmic African mind. Our greatest disappointment is the fact that we can observe how many African minds we are not freeing because they just don't know that their minds are enslaved. Or don't wish to be freed, yeah. And you know something, as Erica Badu say, maybe next lifetime. Maybe next lifetime. <laughs> well, indeed, brother, we um, salute you and all of your efforts because we know, and I know personally, that that's exactly what you do and you master it. You make it plain and you lay it out, you know. You show them themselves, you know, in history. You show them not only themselves. You not only hold that mirror up, but they can see a vision of themselves. But it's a powerful vision, you know, and it's a powerful story. It's a powerful epic once you trace it back. And you've been able yep. to unlock that particular story. And I'm honored to um, to have received it in the way in which you present it. And I know that there's so much more that we can do with that story around the globe if only the people that are looking for it will come into contact with it. So, as mm-hmm. always, I say, you know, remain true to the craft, you know what I'm saying, continue putting in the work, something will open up, you know, where a larger expanse of people will have access to this information. And I don't mean it, it's not going to be a global conversion, you know what I'm saying, but we're talking about a decent amount of numbers because people are waking up and they're all looking. And some people are very yes, sincere yes. about this. You know, some people, this is life and death to them, as as it should mm-hmm. be. You know what I'm saying? But they're handling it as such. Um, 
now it's a clutter of, of a bunch of other people that have put on those clothes into the front and like they're those people you gotta you know, you gotta weed that out. You know. Absolutely. After family. Well you know it Yes, I'm listening. No, brother, I was just going to say, it is the community to be able to know who is to be weeded out. And that's why I think that this uh, council of elders that will be convening in April is so important because it is up to us to lay in our own way the foundation of what should be expected of those that come before you. And once that is known to people, they can make their own educated decision as to who they believe is worthy of um, the uh, respect and those that they can tell are just hustling. Right. Hmm. With your permission, brother, uh, we have also another guest on tonight's program, um, Professor Smalls. Uh, with your permission, can I click over? Because I was supposed to bring him in on the three way. I was supposed to call him and bring him in. Um, you know, and that was quite a few minutes ago because we started kind of late. With your permission, can I can I do that? I would love to have both of you brothers on the program at once. No doubt. Well, that'll give me time to get my pen and notebook out because, you know, when brother talks, I listen. Oh, yes, indeed. Smalls is one of those minds that I have studied. So uh, please feel free to go ahead and do that, brother man. All right. Brother Red, hold me down for a minute or two. I'll be back, okay? Shortly, I'll be right back. Yes, sir. While we wait for Professor Smalls to come on, I want to ask you, uh, Brother Booker T, were you involved in the uh, the New Hidden Colors Part Three? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any idea as to when we should be expecting the release of that uh, piece of work? Sometime in June, from what I understand from Brother Nasheed, it should be coming out sometime in June. Okay. Right. And uh, the title of it is The Rules of Racism. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I'm sure that the brother is going to have, um, I, I know why it's taken so long to come out, because, you know, the news has not uh, stopped presenting itself as a result. You know, I'm sure he went into final edits and then all kinds of things started popping up. He had to go to the drawing board. Oh, there's no question, man. Even um, Nas, he was able to bring Nas on board, and, uh, you know, he has uh, David Banner will be there. Uh, uh, Paul Mooney's there. Mm -hmm. Peace, hello, family. Hmm. Greetings, hello. All right, we are back on Over Ledge Radio. I do have tonight's second guest with me, Professor Smalls. Professor James Smalls, are you there? Peace. Yes, sir. I'm here. Good evening. 
Yes, good evening. Good evening. Greetings. Brother Bookatier, you still there? Uh, hello, Brother Red, are you there? Hello? Okay. Well, that's me and you. It's me and you. They'll be back shortly. Okay. Family's here. They're in the building. The audience is also in the building. We want to welcome you to Know the Ledge Radio. This is your first time here, I believe. Hello? That's a small. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. This is my first time, so I'm here with you. Just roll. Okay. You, you, you set the pace and I'll follow right. you. Absolutely. We are gathered here to speak about the upcoming election that's taking place in Harlem, the Council of the Elders. We're going to ask you, just as we asked Brother Booker T, um, first and foremost, in your eyes, you know, what qualifies an elder? and especially an elder that becomes part of the council that is given direction to the youth. In your eyes, you know, what qualifies a person to be among such an esteemed group of people? Well, sometimes we make stuff too complicated. Um, an elder is an experienced person that can give you some advice that will do you some good. An elder isn't always going to be somebody who lives some pristine life or perfect life. You can have an elder who's an alcoholic who messed up all his life, and he can guide you how to stay the hell away from alcoholism and the troubles that led him there. So an elder is a person with a set of experiences and has the integrity to try and share that experience. And this thing of youth, this is really another term we need to get hold of. Black America is the only place where the youth think they got a right to lead the elders. Right. Because the white man gave them money for, for carry on this profane music format called hip-hop, and they, and they made money and got popular in the world, and they think that qualified them for leadership. Hmm. When most of what they were making the money off was being profane and anti-African and anti-black, and they're saying we're just telling it like it is. But if that's all black life is about, then we should all give up. Because most black life is not about what we call the street. Even what we call the street is not about the street that is being displayed in a so-called culture fashioned by the Jews and the Italian music mafia and give to us in the mouth of some black kid for some money. But I'm going to leave that there. Let's look at youth the way youth should be looked at. Youth is the next generation, the inheritance of the world. Elders are those who have lived in that world and is a part of that ethnic or racial community who have experience to share that might be good for the youth. All experience isn't going to be useful, no matter which elder it comes from. Now, you do have some elders who have lived life well. They've been blessed. They've been guided well. And they've lived healthy lives physically and psychologically and socially and culturally, and they are good guides, many of them. I make good guides for the community. But we let's not forget we have some elders who didn't live life so well, who might have been a junkie at one point, like Malcolm X, who might have gone to prison at one point, like Malcolm X, but managed to restore themselves in later life and learn from the experience and garner the wisdom to share with the youth. 
So we have we have categories of elders, and we must look at all elders with respect. Even the, the, the drunken ex-addict, ex-con on the street, the difference between him and me, he may have taken a worse blow from the enemy than I took that caused him greater damage than it caused me. You understand what yes. I'm saying? Yes, I do. If we're going to move with African culture, African culture is the culture of godness, is the culture of true humanity. We don't have to, even if an elder is giving us bad information, we don't have to take that information. We know he ain't got his judgment, right? But respect him for just trying to give some information. Yes, but don't let his negativity harm you because he still needs a helping hand from you too because right. he's a victim of the same oppression, the same slavery, the same Jim Crow, the same colonialism, the same neocolonialism that the rest of us are victims of. So we can't select the victims we want to help. we got to help all the victims of white dominance and white genocide. Right. So, now, that's my take. Yes, there's that particular group like a John Henry Clark and a Dr. Ben and, you know, um, Fannie Lou Hamer and Ida B. Wells. There's that fake. Those are like saints. Except we, we, we let other people determine who's saints in the world. They're like God and goddesses. But we don't declare our God and goddesses anymore. When we were in Africa, we declared God and goddesses out of the men and women who deserved it. And we need to start doing that again. That's how you create the category. This one here was a god. This one here was a goddess. This one here was a revered elder. This one here was a strong elder. This one here is a surviving elder. That's our right to do that, to define ourselves and to define what's been going on with us as the people if we're going to survive. Well, I belong to a tribe, and I know a lot of the young brothers be arguing. If they be arguing, I'm the Moor. I'm not an African-American. I'm an African. I'm, you know, yes. reality is true spirituality. See, spirituality is comprehending reality. You live in America. You pay taxes in America. You live on the soil that's governed by the Constitution of the United States of America. You are an American geopolitically. Right. If you were in China, you would be a Chinese geopolitically because you weren't going to change the Chinese rules and regulation either. But you'd still be an African. See, African is your race. You can be that any place you are in the world. And so I'm an African-American. Africa is my race, my culture, and my spirituality. America is the geopolitical place in which I practice those things. If I was in Nigeria, I would be an African-Nigerian. Because the white boy that lived in Nigerian, he's a European Nigerian. Because Nigeria is not a race, it's a geopolitical state. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, so I the do. Yoruba man could be Yoruba and be in Nigeria and be Yoruba, Nigerian, and African. And that's not a contradiction, but I can be an African-American and an African, and that's not a contradiction. You have to look at our reality. And we have to focus on one of the things I want to focus on when I come together with my other elder brothers and sisters is this question of reality, food, clothing, shelter, safety, and security. 
If you can't provide food, clothing, safety, shelter, and security for yourself, your woman, and your children, then you're in trouble, and we're in trouble because we're not providing it well enough. And in order to provide it, we've got to control the economic, politics, and culture of the community we live in. That's what Malcolm X defined as black nationalism. Somebody asked Malcolm, what do you mean by black nationalism? He said black nationalism means you control the economic, politics, and the culture of the community you live in. Right now, we got the Arab, the Chinese, the Korean, the Jew, the Italian, the, the white Latino. They control the economics and, and, and the politics and the culture of the community we live in. Right. And we're just residing there. We don't even own the damn beauty shop no more. Pretty soon, brothers are going to be going to white boys to get a haircut. You know, the sisters already going to other people to get their hair done. You got folks signing out of Koreans and making billions off of nails in the black community. All the dry cleaners is owned by foreigners. All the laundromats is owned by foreigners. All the fish places is owned by foreigners. And we're talking about we live in a community. We don't live in a community. We're neighbors in these people's community. Got some of our brother running the store talking about salam alaikum selling you pork and beer and dope when you ain't looking hard enough. And we're still going to talk about the Lama Lake. You know, spirituality is comprehending your reality. If you're not living in reality, comprehending it, being conscious of it, and understanding it, you ain't got no spirituality. Damn. Ain't nothing spiritual about it. And you got to be rooted in understanding that you must be motivated to provide food, clothing, safety, shelter, and security for you, your mate, and your offsprings. And if you partner with other brothers and sisters, then together you provide food, clothing, shelter, safety, and security for the collective mates and offsprings. And to do that, controlling the economic, politics, and culture where you live, then you don't have to worry about nobody being unemployed. Because all of us would have a job delivering the basic services to ourselves. You wouldn't have to worry then about who, what's being taught in the school. You'd have the power to close the school doors and open them at will. Right. That's true spirituality. Not vulgar so, spirituality. Right. Not spooked up spirituality. Spirituality is a comprehension and being conscious of your reality and acting on it. So here we are, you know, 2014, a few mm-hmm. decades removed from well, Malcolm was in these very streets, and he left that information. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What will get us closer to that realization at this particular point as we see put things it, put, they put it in reality? Put it into effect. If you got four or five brothers and they ain't got no job, but they have part-time jobs, or they have jobs working downtown, then let's put some money together and let's open a little bodega. Let's open a grocery store. If we can go spend all our money at this other guy grocery store and all our family spend money there, and this dude and his family doing real good because he's living up in Jersey and driving in every morning, then why can't we open the grocery store in our neighborhood? That's a good question. If we take our clothes to a laundromat that's run by the Chinese dude who was told while he was in Beijing where to open the laundromat in Harlem, then we can say, listen, all of us who's our homies, our brothers from the hood, let's not take none of our clothes over there. Let's, let's find out how we're going to get a building 
and how we can rent the machines or lease the machines and open a laundromat. Then let's all our homies who are giving all our thousands of dollars every week to those strangers over there, let's homies, let's give that money to ourselves. Okay. You got some Korean running the soul food, two soul food restaurants on 125th Street. What kind of shit is that? What kind of shit is that? I speak about that I mean, all. sometimes it just gets totally insane. Yeah. So why I mean, are we up in there eating? We sit, Even the brothers supposed to be conscious. They're sitting up in there eating. Down to their friggin' minds. Then they want to come down and get somebody a lecture. Because you're lecturing. You're in violation. Right. So... Food, clothing, shelter, safety, and security. We must provide that for ourselves and our families. To do it, we must control economic politics and culture. You can't live in Harlem and don't take part in political and electoral politics. That's insane. Because the people who are getting elected is running your life every day, and you ain't got nothing to say about it. So when I was in Harlem, I helped to open, that's why all politics is local. Mm-hmm. We had two Democratic clubs, and me and Brother Reggie and them, we had opened up when we were down in Harlem, and we got our club so strong, we forced Charlie Rangel and them to partner with us and give us 50% control of their clubs. And it would right now we would control it, but the brothers didn't understand what real politics and power is. you got to deal in reality. The reality of Harlem is that you got state senators, you got city councils, you got state um, assembly people. You know, these people run your community. That's the reality. So either they're going to be you or they're going to be somebody else. Now, you make the decision, and we've made the decision to let it be somebody else. Right. If you go up into Washington Heights, nearly all of the city council persons were the young Latino activists of 20 years ago, because they understood what politics was. So Adonis is on the city council. He was a student leader at City College that took over the campus. Uh, the brother, his elder brother, who's now in the state assembly, he was a student leader at city campus with me. And they understand if I'm going to provide for my people, then I've got to make sure that the tax revenue that they're taking out of their paychecks every week, sending to Washington and Albany, I better be in a political position at City Hall or in Albany to return some of those tax revenues to my neighborhood. Right. And make sure the housing laws and the housing regulations work for the people in my neighborhood and make sure the garbage men, if they're going to be working in our neighborhood, they're going to look like us. And we can't do nothing about the cops because we're scared to be cops. How the hell are you going to say the cops is the pig? And I was fighting this back in the 60s. Because I thought it was stupid then, and I think it's stupid now. I don't want to be no pig, but who's going to be the pig then? The same white boy so you can go out there and march and get rid of the pig? That shit is insane. If you got to have policemen, then you should be the policeman. Right, at least, yeah, police your own community. You know, shout out to my brother Samaj. He was on the front line. That's right. And I, and I know a number of brothers in the movement who were on the police forces, and they did not lose their consciousness being on the police force. He was he was you know, out there. Brother is certainly yeah, a beautiful yeah, example. I knew him. I knew him. He, he had he had an argon and locks, and they tried to That's make right. him cut his hair back, and he refused. You know. That's right. 
Um, and there were other brothers like that. And, and we, we made a mistake. We drove the police out of our community back in the 60s. And instead of us grooming our young people, some of us tried to take those jobs. We left the door open for the white boys to come right back with a vengeance. And then they come back and say, okay, now to be a cop, you've got to have a two-year college degree. Then they all get their fake two-year college degrees. And they, you know, or they come back from killing people over in Iraq and Afghanistan, and they can get a job on the police force, and we're in the same position we were in before, you know. So they brought in the white woman and the Asian and the Latinos and the homosexuals. Okay, we got minorities, and still there are no more black folks on the force now, and they were going to be forced to battle. Now, I don't have nothing against those other folks, but they're taking care of their own stuff. I don't, I'm not responsible to take care of their stuff. I'm responsible for black folks' stuff. And I don't see none of these other folks who are doing well, our Latino brothers or Asian brothers, they are not trying to handle our stuff. Matter of fact, you walk into any dental office in Harlem, any doctor's office in Harlem, uh, East Harlem or Washington Heights, or any of these these state of low offices, and you can't find no African-American in there because they only speak English. So they use this, this bilingual thing so that all of the service jobs are taken over by people who are bilingual. You don't need everybody on the front of the staff to be bilingual. So it becomes a game and a hustle. Yeah. You go, in, you go into the bus stations in New York, the train stations, mm-hmm. and look, even the train station and the bus station up in Harlem, damn it. And who's standing behind the counter of the concession selling you the sodas and, and the mm-hmm. candy bars and stuff? East Indians and Pakistanis. Yes. And we ain't got nothing. We don't say nothing. What's wrong with that? How to get contracts, yeah. <laughs> Not only how to get the contract, why are we giving the suckers our money? Why are we giving our money? You tell them you want me to spend some money up in the train station, then you better make sure I'm the one that's mm-hmm. up in here selling the stuff. But we run around, we're going to be nice to everybody. We're good Christian Negroes. Even when we're wearing red, black, and green, and talking about we following the Honorable Marcus Messiah Gavi, we still act like good Christian Negroes with this false humanity that ain't never made sense and did not get our asses lynched and burned. We better come to a humanity that says, do for self what others are begging for. Hmm. I mean, that's basically where I'm, I've always been in the same state. It don't always right. make everybody happy with me, so I don't get a lot of invitations because um, folks don't want to feel uncomfortable, you know. Yes, yes. Right. It's not necessary. Spirituality is reality. Reality is very simple. you got to provide food, clothing, shelter, safety, and security for yourself and your family. You can't do that unless you can control the economic politics and culture in the neighborhood you live in. And you're not doing that if everybody got a store from every ethnic group except you and you spending a trillion dollars a year with them and trying to figure out why your ass is unemployed. Don't take a whole lot of logic to figure that out. Right. It's like a brother. Most brothers that go to jail go to jail because somebody in the black community snitched on them. Because there ain't no police around there watching you do no crime. Not that people should do crime. I'm just trying to make a point with this. You know, but where is this loyalty of the street? We're talking about the old street, yada, 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 yada. They're the most mm-hmm. disloyal bunch of betraying Negroes 
on the planet. Brother can rob a dude in Brooklyn and live on 138th Street and the cop is at his house the next morning because somebody from the hood told him where the man lived and who he was. Yes, he did. But yet they want to glorify like they're this comradeship. If the comradeship of the street was what it was, the prison wouldn't have a million black folks in there. And it wouldn't right. be another two, three million on parole. Yeah, the police is not that smart. No, they're not. They that PSI said it's a movie, you know. It's, it's a movie. They said TV that yeah, if it wasn't for snitching, you know, they they would, the prison they would be able. able. Yeah, the prison they would be able. able, okay. And so my point is, let's stop glorifying a fantasy and hood bonding that never existed and don't exist. And were you in reality, you know? Were you in Harlem when dope hit? Yeah, I lived in Harlem for forty-five years. Okay, I was there from nineteen. I came up there the first time in sixty-three. Okay, I go home at 66, and I left there in, in 2000, 2000, we moved up here. I'm still in Harlem. I'm in New Rochelle. I could skip down to 25th Street. So right. when drugs came in, that was the government. Drugs wasn't a thing where it came in and black folks just said, yo, I want to get high. No. First, you create a condition, and the condition is you destroy a people's ability to make capital. And the capital for our underemployed was being made primarily by the numbers racket. You know how many people in the numbers racket employed in Harlem? Thousands. Right. So first the crackers came in and they took the numbers. They brought the Cubans up from Florida and they used the Cubans and the CIA to, to take over the numbers in the black community in the Northeast, using that money to finance the anti-Castro-Cuban movement. Right. That was the first phase of it second phase of it, they came up with the lottery and that and, and, and legitimized the numbers as the lottery, but they run it. And if you try to do it, it's a crime. Right. So they knocked that business out. Because if you know anything about how that works, almost all the laundromat in Harlem was owned by brothers who were numbers runners or numbers banks. Yeah. All the bars were run by brothers, just about. About 1% of the bars in Harlem when I came were white folks still there. All the bars and the restaurants, these were black folks. So look at it now. What happened? And then they came in with another piece. Malcolm was talking about de facto educated segregation. Now there's a report that came out last week said New York's one of the most segregated city in the world. Well, that's not news to people like me. We've been talking about that for decades. Mississippi ain't got nothing on New York. Mm-hmm. First of all, I want to interrupt, but we have Brother Booker T on the line as well. I just wanted to... Oh, uh, yes, sir. Brother Coleman, how you doing, brother? My brother, Smalls, I am doing excellent, brother. I am so happy to hear your voice. I told them when they were bringing you on, man, to give me a little time so I could get my notebook uh, and my pen to take some notes that you were going to drop. Yes, indeed. I, I'm just trying to be what we were, Booker, and what we are. Me and you go back a lot of years, and what I like about you is you yes, deal with do. reality. You deal with reality. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and if we can I get try, our people bro. to focus on reality, we can change a lot of this mess that's, that's, that's messing with us right now. Cracker mm-hmm. made some decisions up in Albany this morning that they're going to say that tax money now must be used to house uh, 
uh, charter schools run by rich white folks. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and they said if the city won't let them in the buildings, then the city got to pay them, pay the rent money to rent them space in private buildings. You know, and, 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 you know, we need to wake up to what's up. That's right. You know, and as you see these commercials and you see our people crying about what, how horrible it is that their children are not, you know, you know Brother Dr. Don Smith already showed that what they're claiming mm-hmm. as to be the success of charter schools is simply not true. In fact, not only aren't they um, good as it relates to bringing the so-called make-believe scores, but in fact, the children are doing worse than charter schools. Mm-hmm. And it's more damaging see, to know, them I've, to their psyche of African people. Absolutely, and and you see, charter charter school is is a bridge because you see, by law, you cannot sell public to private. But if a public right. school segues into private, uh, segues into charter, the charter can sell it to private. Yeah. So this is an attempt to take off, to take the monies from the public school system, in order to uh, allow staples and banks and corporations to take over the public school system. Now the other thing is, the and public that's, school and that's system exactly is bad too. That's it. And public schools are bad. So I'm not in support of the public school either. Hmm. Right. I want us to take over the total education of our children, period. And I agree with you. But and, that and if we develop it. our move to do that and let these people know that, you know, either let us run our schools, because most people don't know that that teacher's union that everybody talks about today came about in opposition to black people controlling schools. That's what Ocean Hill Brownville was about. Our attempt to take control of the school in our neighborhood, and they created the UFT as a mechanism to keep us from having that control. Mm-hmm. And even when they came up with community boards, then the UFT was allowed to run people for that community board against the community who who didn't have the money to compete with the UFT candidates. And a candidate mm-hmm. didn't even have to have residency in your community, so somebody could live in Spring Valley and run for the school board in Harlem. People don't know that's what's going on, and that's why those boards never Absolutely. work like they should have. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And you see, the years that um, I was in the system, and even your wife Carol, when she was at uh, 166, mm-hmm. these were the years. These were the mm-hmm. formative years of that activity mm-hmm. going on. I watched, uh, yes, you know, I watched what happened with the community school board. I saw what happened. You know, mm-hmm. we had a couple of people on the board that were so powerful, what they decided to do was, like you're saying, they would run other people and be able kind of money. Because I remember when they used to have the voting for the community school board in the various schools. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, what you're speaking is the reality that, we just don't know, man. We don't know those charter schools. And I, I'm a living example of having been in the system from, 2000, uh, from 1977 until 2007. I watched what happened. 
I was there watching yes, what sir. was happening. And I was telling the community I'm, what to I expect. met you in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. But we don't know. So We don't know. And, and that's why I and agreed I, to do this program with the other elders so we could talk to our youth and let them know yeah. that there's some information we can part to them to help them navigate this system so that they can be successful fighting against something that is arrayed against them and their children and their grandchildren. These people have no intention of us ever to be free of their enslavement. They have no intention ever absolutely free of their enslavement and their colonialism. And we need to be clear about that. Very clear. And so for me is freedom or death, you know. And I want you to know that freedom or death, I love that my friends, brothers and sisters in the D12 use it, but freedom of death was first used as a term by Jean-Jacques Dessalines, the first emperor of Haiti. Yeah. And he said that should be the mantra of the Haitian Revolution, freedom or death. Yeah. If he used the term liberty or death. Mm. So we're still fighting the same thing that Tucson was fighting for. We're still fighting for the same thing that Nat Turner was fighting for. We're still fighting for the same thing that Harriet Tubman was fighting for. We're still fighting for the same thing that John O'Keefe was fighting for. And that's why it's important to study history so you can listen to those ancestors. And they'll give you the guidance that you need to go forward. History is nothing but you trying to pay attention and listen to your ancestors and look over what they've done, see what their mistakes were, and see what their success was. That's how your ancestors teach you through history. Yes, sir, Brother Coleman, I done talked enough. I'm here now. I'm waiting on you. Oh, I'm listening, Brother, because, you know, um, Let's bring us more in the past. Let's talk about this education issue some more. Yeah. Because I think it's important enough that we need to yeah. talk about it some more. And one of the things yeah. I would make, recommend, Brother Booker, that we go back to opening Saturday schools in our living room, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and where those churches will work with us, let them open their doors so after church on Sunday, Sunday afternoon we have Sunday school, real Sunday school, teaching our history and culture, yeah. teaching math and science to our children so that we can organize that Absolutely. of people who will be willing to go into those schools and bring about changes. Absolutely. And you see, realistically, that can be done. Yes, sir. And my I recommendation is the after-school program. You know, uh, because right now, to attempt to open up an independent school is an ideal goal, but there are intermediate goals before that that we need to reach. And we don't have the time or the money to do that in any short term. We need to take over what and you talk, yeah. And you talk about realistic. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Realistically speaking, mm-hmm. we don't have to reinvent the wheel. No. Right. And I believe that if we put together the type of school, the type of institution on an after-school level 
And when mm-hmm. our children who are attending our after-school program begin to do so well on every level of their intellectual life in the classroom, the parents will demand that we open up a full-day school. Because mm-hmm. when the community oh, comes forward that. with it, But we, as we do this, we educate that, that community. Because our people really think yes. the white man is God. He really think that yes. the white man and his Negro uh, minions are really going to make us better. And then all these white women who couldn't get no jobs nowhere, they're now running the school system across the country. This thing called Teach America. This organization they got yes. Teach America. Where it made sure these white women who couldn't pass a, a, a test with both eyes open can go and get these little special degrees so that they now, they, they, they took a course in how to do nails, but they went back to college and got a special degree so that they can come out and pass an education um, exam. And then they are planting them in the schools all over the country. They don't, yeah. even, know how to, they don't even know how to keep their gender straight but they're teaching our children how to be human beings. The great majority and then of nobody takes responsibility of what they what they produce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't so tell you how many people uh, the truth. Yeah. Booker T, what did you say, brother? Uh, the, I was saying I can't say, tell you Booker? how many 23 to 25-year-old women of European descent. I can't tell you how many of them have come to me and told me that they're afraid of their second-grade black male. Yes. Uh, 23, 25-year-old And so their job is to destroy them. Yes. And they're afraid of them. And so their job is to destroy them. And they do a good job. Absolutely. And, And that's how they get them into special ed and all these other programs because they say... I feel threatened by them. Well, you, mm-hmm. you, you're not threatened by them. You're just not doing right by them. And they have no intention. They don't have the capacity. They don't have the, the, the human capacity to do right. See, you got to have true. the human capacity to, to want to do right. And, and so what we've got here is a situation where... If you look at the United Nations Charter on Genocide, what's going on in the public schools in America, particularly and especially in the Chicago, the Cleveland, and the New York, and the Oakland, and L.A., according to the U.N. Charter on, 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 on Human Rights, they are committing cultural genocide against African This is supposed to teach a people their language and not deny it. Both teach their history and not deny Both teach their culture and not deny And yet no one is crying genocide. Yet more black kids are being killed in the streets of our cities in America as a result of what's happening in the classroom than was killed in Germany in any comparable period of time. We're not taking this thing real serious. I saw the, the father of the young man that was killed at the gas station by this white dude. 
and you know, and it's clearly, and he says, he says, you know, you never think these things can happen until it comes home to you. You see, that's that's most of Black America. We thinking, oh, it just happened to Savon's family. It ain't gonna happen to mine, so I ain't gonna do nothing until it hits mine. So I recommend that any father or brother who child, brother or sister or child is killed by a policeman, it is your obligation to walk into that police station and kill that policeman. That's the law of God. That's the law of nature. That's the law of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Don't get out here and demonstrate. Don't get on TV and cry in front of a microphone but you want justice. Give justice. That movie is time to kill. I don't know who made that movie with Samuel Jackson, but I love that movie. Background noise is that coming through the phone. Brother Booker T, are you outside in, in the elements? Yeah, yeah, I'm driving right now. Okay. So we just have to let's be clear and let's be honest. This is not a game. This is about yes. stopping genocide. The genocide that was the enslavement, chattel slavery still continues. The genocide that was Jim Crow still continues. The genocide that was colonialism still continues. And we can pretend that we are now in partnership with the genocider or we can be realistic and realize that we are the victims of the genocide. And it is our responsibility to put in check those who are committing genocide. But we are scared to say somebody, your son is dead at your feet, but you won't call it genocide. You're going to talk about may the Lord forgive them, and I'm going home and pray for you. And I ain't praying for a damn soul, and I ain't forgiving nobody. <laughs> We need to stop that foolishness. And those who are saying it ain't doing it, they won't forgive their brother who's an alcoholic for begging them for a dollar, but they're going to forgive some crazy white man who murdered their child. You all get what I'm saying? I'm trying to be real now. I'm trying to be real. Mm Mm-hmm. So... The conference that's coming up soon, we're going to talk about a lot of things. But I hope we focus on what me and Booker are talking about tonight, reality. How are we going to get control of the education of our children? How are we going to stop these Saturday schools and these homeschooling programs that can produce a cadre of young people that can go out from our homes and back into the public system and demonstrate that black is back, that there's a consciousness that comes from love and caring from the black community that can produce a well-skilled, well-learned uh, young man and woman, you know. How can you look at these young brothers and sisters coming out of the penitentiary? Uh, most of them coming home, they can't get much jobs because they got a fel- felony, and it's the black, and all these black intellectuals and these black middle class and these black upper class and all these college degrees and their big businesses downtown, why can't they invest in open small businesses in our community that these young people will run? They don't need no, they won't, if we giving them jobs to run the laundromat, to run the barbershop, to run the grocery stores, 
to run the pizza parlors in our community, they don't need no white man approval. They could have been in jail for 50 years and we could still give them a job. You think the other people from other communities hadn't been to prison? But when they come home, their people take care of us. When we come home, our people scorn us. And we see every day where brothers and sisters are being let out of jail because they've been falsely placed there for 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, 30 years. Well, if you think those one or two, there's a thousand more just like them. That's right. Who have been put in jail for committing no crime, just been felonized because the game is to give black youth felonies, and if you give them three felonies, you can put them in jail for life. Thanks to our beloved Mr. Um, first black president, um, eyeglass wearing, saxophone playing, um, Mr. Carter. But that, that's his Clinton, President Clinton. His yeah. Negro could say, and they're going to be stupid enough to vote. He put an office in Harlem. What, is it, what does that got to do with anything? This Negro ain't probably ain't ever been to Harlem. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, he passed well, the other thing in New York. He yeah. knew what the implications was. He put more blacks and Latinos in jail during his term. That's not even, you know, three strikes is, is, is you know, that's mm-hmm. his legacy. But while he was there, he put more blacks and Latinos in jail yeah. than anyone else. And, and we treat him guys, and his little race that he's your, Yeah, he's your brother because he, he, yeah. he knows how to blow a saxophone. But he's a Rose Scholar, so... He went to school and was trained on how to utilize your blackness against you as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Negro. And I'm sorry, Brother Booker, you were about to comment on something. Well, yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say that we have to remember that his first choice for his office was not Harlem. It was on Madison Avenue. It was when Giuliani mm-hmm. refused to give him that space that he chose Harlem. Right. But well, he first choice Harlem as like a town of a slap in the face. Like, I'm going to hang out with the with the blackies, and so in your face. Yeah. And I wouldn't care yeah, if he had so chose he, Harlem first. You know, even if he had chose Harlem first, it wouldn't have meant nothing. you got plenty of crackers with business up in Harlem. And ain't nothing changed about them. They're just like any other person down in Mississippi and Arkansas during the days of the overt lynching. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got the power to change everything. They've got the power to tell the school system right now. Just the black, the white businessmen in Harlem have got enough power up in Harlem to tell every school in Harlem, you will educate these black kids. You will implement their history in the curricula. You will teach math and science. They can have it. They can change it by Monday morning. Mm-hmm. But there's no intent there. That's right. So... Without intent, you just have empty content. Hmm. Yes, sir. But we, the, the bottom line is we got to take care of our own business. So every family should have two hours a week on a Saturday with their children and then give with their neighbors and says, okay, this Saturday we're going to be at my house. Next Saturday we're coming over to your house. And then you find you'll get more neighbors start coming into it. You know, I moved up there in New Rochelle, and I got up in there with nothing going on. So I met a few black folks in the neighborhood and said, look, we got to at least do a Kwanzaa. Y'all ever had a Kwanzaa? And they never had a Kwanzaa program up in New Rochelle. But we had one this year. It was bad, too. And I hooked up with a bunch of brothers. We called ourselves the Gathering of Men, you know. <laughs> and so last 
two weeks ago we were at the Board of Education telling them we want to see um, their policy on, on diversity. And then we want to set up a meeting and have a conference on it, and we want to lay out a platform and an agenda on how diversity is going to go in terms of who works in the classroom. We've got a school system right up here in New Rochelle that's 77% black and Latinos, and the teachers is 97% white. Isn't that a trip? And black folks are sitting on being cool. Like, I'm in the suburb. You're in the suburb. You're suburb. <laughs> so you got to fight where you are. Organize wherever you are. Because the situation right. ain't no different no matter where we are. Right. Wherever you are, organize. Get with some other brothers and sisters. Address the education issue. Address the criminal issue and the crime issues in our community. You know, address the unemployment issue. Address the business issue and the economic issue in our community. And try to find ways to come together to open businesses. Now, I devoted a lot of my energy in the last 10 years over in Africa where me and 60 other brothers and sisters have a hotel. And we also have established now and created a credit union because we found not only couldn't we get any loan from the white banks in America for our business, but the African banks in Africa, because we African-Americans, they consider us foreigners too. We couldn't get no loans from them. So we had to do all this out of pocket. So now we've created our own credit union in Africa, and we're encouraging other blacks to do the same. It's freedom or death. you got to fight wherever you are. Wherever you are, that's where, like Booker says, that's where you put your bucket down. And that's where you fight. Fight around education issues. Fight around the culture issues. Fight around the employment issue. Fight around the, the, the criminal justice system issue. Every issue that affects our people negatively, we need to launch a fight around it. I'm not, when I say fighting, I don't mean marching in the street. I ain't never, I wasn't even big on marching back in the 60s. I'm talking about organizing people to understand how the thing works and then try and get in there and change it. And that's not difficult to do because we sit around discussing a bunch of bull all day, all the time. Just have the right topic for discussion when we're sitting around. And we can change our world. And we can decide that we don't have to worry about nobody being unemployed in our community because we won't buy from anybody if it ain't black. And I mean black folks will have a lot of work because we spent a trillion dollars last year. If we spent that trillion dollars with ourselves, there wouldn't be a single unemployment in the black community. And we have to believe we can do that. And we have to start acting on it in little ways and growing it in big ways. Because we don't have any choice. There's no other way to go. See, the brothers, I've, I've got to get ready for to go to Boston early in the morning. Right, because i got to do a, a, a thing up there with some brothers and sisters. They wanted to do it on Skype, but I'm surprised they might show up at the library in the afternoon and do that with them and come back down here. Because Sunday I'm going to do a thing. We're going to be at the John Henry Clark House uh, on Convent Avenue between 141st and 142nd uh, looking at the issue of crime and criminality in the black community and the so-called criminal justice system. So come up to the Clark House. I think it's at 1, 1 p.m. on, on uh, Sunday. And that's on Convent Avenue in Harlem between 141st and 142nd, the John Henry Clark House. 
Yes. Can we ask you for about 10 more minutes of your time? I want to go to the callers very quickly and see if you have any commentary yes. on the family. Yes. Okay. Brother Ray, can you please go to the uh, phone lines at this time and bring in some of the family? All right. Please. Indeed. Let's go with our first caller. We have a caller from the 864, error code 864. Hotel, hotel, brother. Hotel, brother. How you doing? Peace. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm very thankful, um, definitely, to be on the line. Uh, I, I'm, I've been trying to share the link to this show because this is a very epic show uh, with two great elders, and um, especially when we're talking about referencing, uh, I'm sure we're talking about accountability, brother, and us as Absolutely. men. I feel like um, we 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 need to establish a brotherhood of accountability, even with us as young, the younger generation, and even with with what you all are saying. Um, the importance of you know before we deal with any resource, to first deal with the first resource of morality, and I think um, brother uh, Booker T was talking earlier and referencing um, about uniformity. And I think that's the one thing that we are lacking is the uniformity within our uh, identity. Even when we look at resources, I look at us not having an identity, and we give so much money to religion. We give so much money to, like, all types of religion because we have no identity of ourselves. And we talk about how many schools, how many how many things can be built with all the trillions of dollars that we basically spend to religion? And, like, uh, you know, everything you all are saying when we're talking about establishing that accountability within ourselves, when we're setting up actually networks, we're setting up systems to hold people accountable, when we're not actually putting people on blast, out in front of each uh, in front of each other, but like you're talking about with the council, this is one thing that we should be bringing before we deal with any resource, before we deal with any type of money. Talking about going forward inside what I see as consciousness, and I see that as being something we're going to deal with beyond this third dimensional realm. You know, so even when we go beyond, we're still going to have to know how to facilitate this need and deal with this. And I see like even going back to my eye. And I'm thankful for you, brothers, because if it were not for you, I wouldn't have, you know, got this light. You know, I, you know, I might have gotten it in a certain way, but specifically talking uh, from you, you brothers, 10 years or more, you know, you all have done me a great justice. And, um, you know, even with KTL allowing you all the platform to speak and what we are actually tackling yes. um these objectives, brother, and um, like I said, I ain't gonna take up too much time, but I greatly appreciate it. I I I, I greatly do. Well, I appreciate you, and I want to piggyback on what you're saying with the brotherhood. But it should be started in our families. Let's start it with our brothers and our sisters, our cousins. Let's start it with our nephews. Let's start it with our sons. If we can't start the brotherhoods in our household, we are never gonna find it to work out of our household. Because in the past, we've always tried to do it out of our household. So one brother out of this family is in the movement, and one out of that family 
90% of the family is fighting against them, and they're going in another direction. We need to fight this war in our families as well as fighting it on the outside at the same time. While we're trying to build a movement on the outside, we need to build that movement in the family. The same force we will put against discussing these issues with other people, we need to discuss it in our house. If people say, you're going to upset the dinner table, then upset it every night. Let there be no peace at the dinner table until we decide to deal with the black issue. You know, going to church, I'll go to church with y'all, but I'm going to get up in the church and discuss. Let's, let's organize in our families. And if you get an organized yep. black family, then look for another black organized family and team up with them. And you got the brotherhood right there rolling. So that's my only comment on that. You know, hey. All right, brother, thank you. Okay, brother, thank you. Hey, hey. yes, ma'am.
So uh, it's very important that we try to do this and make this thing happen. But, but I, like I said, commend those brothers right now, uh, Booker P. Coleman, uh, Brother Kaba, and, of course, Professor Jay Smalls. Thank you all very, very much for being a participant of this event coming up. Well, thank you for asking us to participate, brother. Yes, thank sir. Thank you, brother. And, you know, I, I don't I don't want to say that it has never happened, nor do I want to say that it is, has not happened. But I do not recall in the recent uh, past when an event like this has been able to happen. With the expression... No, you're right. It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I know that the early days of ASCAT, but you see, at this time, the, those individuals that were with us were were young elders. They were uh, baby elders, whether yeah. we're dealing with mm-hmm. Dr. Jen or Dr. Clark years ago. But I believe that one of the strengths of what we are about to do on April 13th is that those who are elder to this um, this scholarship, this this work that we do, are now assuming the responsibility of responding to the community, which I think is extremely important because what we hope to lay down is a blue for the future Council of Elders who are now the young scholars today. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, brother. You're right, you're right on it. And it has to be done because if we don't set a model, then it won't happen. And in That's a few right. years, you and I, we, we will be ancestors. And the young brothers hosting the shows, y'all will be the elders. Okay. Yes. That's right. You know, and, and that's you know, the way I, I, it's I, always I, I invited a lot of people, too. I sent a, 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 a greetings letter to a lot of the speakers and up-and-coming speakers and lecturers and community organizers to come out. I put them on my guest list, too. I said, no, I want y'all on my guest list because I need y'all in front. Certain people have confirmed already. Polite has already confirmed to be there. Dr. Aline Bay confirmed to be there. Bashir confirmed to be there. I'm waiting for Ali Muhammad. Omar Johnson said he might have to travel. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to confirm as much of these young the females and the males. I mean, certain, you know, Sister McCabe said she might be able to make it. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, a, a abundance child, I'm trying to get her here. And, and, and I'm giving them free access to get in, them plus one. Got no problems with that, but I just need them to, to hear it, you know, and, and and get this get the gist of what what y'all have to offer. So I respect and I, I really respect what y'all doing and what y'all done for years. Cause I've heard y'all way long time at Slate Theater when I was younger. So this is what it is. <laughs> Brother King Simon, Brother Booker yes, T is online. Um, pardon me, our line drops. He's back in the building. Okay. Brother Booker T. Brother Booker T. Booker T. Yeah, hotel, brother man. Hotel, hotel. Okay. There we go. Yeah, man. Okay, so everything's good. Yes, family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You know, I just wanted to, you know, wind it down by just saying that uh, for me, this is really uh, an honor and a pleasure and a joy. I thank. Brother King Simon and all of those who are involved, the New Covenant, I believe, is involved in it. Anyone else who is involved in this process, the community that will be coming out 
I am just so happy and proud to be a part of this groundbreaking um, event that is going to lead to many other events occurring with other elders coming in and taking their rightful place. Uh, it is really an honor, of course, to be with my brother James Small. Uh, there is no question our, uh, our track record going back uh, to Sister Queen of Fool, who has done everything she possibly can to keep us healthy and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, materially healthy and wise. You know, uh, Sister Rosalind Jeffries, who was really the, one of the first people, in fact, I would even say she was the first person to ever assist me in understanding the African view of the nature. That sister dropped some information on Ma'at with me that I will never forget. And she did this back in the, in the mid-'80s. She, she explained to me why Ma'at and why the feather was used to represent Ma'at. And that explanation opened the door for me to understand so much else about the way in which our ancestors de- derived the thought process of African mm-hmm. philosophy. And so with Dr. Ray Hagens, who's doing dynamic work in the African village mm-hmm. worldwide, and in his headquarters in St. Louis, I've had a chance uh, to be with Brother, and he has expressly told me that when I assumed his position in the pulpit, he told me that his pulpit was mine. I'll never forget that Brother told me that. He said that my pulpit is your pulpit. And that was something that a great person, does because they feel comfortable in their genius and know and appreciate other people coming to support them. So as I look at uh, the events with Dr. Ray Hagens and with Queen Afua, with uh, Brother James Smalls, Sister Rosalind Jeffries, and myself, we're all coming there to, to present to our community our services in the continued struggle of our people to emancipate and liberate their minds. And my brothers... Blue and Red Pill, and to those of Know the Ledge, I appreciate you for this opportunity to be able to present ourselves to those who listen to Know the Ledge, and they also happen to know the Ledge, and that's why they listen to you, because they know the Ledge. So I appreciate you all also for this opportunity. It's an honor. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you, Dr. Booker. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just I just did everything the brother said. Uh, it's an honor to have an opportunity to address the next generation because wisdom is about intergenerational transmission. <clears throat> and that's what culture is. Culture is that you use to carry out intergenerational transmission of wisdom. And um, that's what we will be trying to do. And we'll be, as elders among you, imparting to the new elders, what their job is going to be when the youngsters under you become your intermediaries and then get ready to take their place as your elders. So it's an honor and a pleasure to be on the show with y'all. I'm going to have to say good night and go work on my, my little throat because I've been kind of sick for about three weeks, but it's going away now. And um, yeah. I'll see y'all on the 15th. <laughs> the thirteenth. Uh, the thirteenth. I keep saying the fifteenth, King. You don't kill me if I show up on the fifteenth. We don't want you to leave that. Peace and love to you, my brothers. And y'all stay too long and sisters. And I'll see y'all on the thirteenth. Peace.
monumental salutes. Queen of Four, yeah. everybody else on the bill. This is a part one. We look forward to having a part two before the event goes down. I want to bring more elders on board because, you know, it's just gotten to that point where we need to hear the voices of our um, of the ones who have walked before us and doesn't <laughs> do the work. We never want to have them feel like their time is up or they're discredited and we don't honor what they have to say and what they, you know, this. I don't, I don't ever want them to feel like this is just a, a young man's game or a young woman's game and they don't have any place. So, you know, they're, they're, our platform is always their platform, you know, and we humble ourselves and let the world know that we sit at the feet of our elders, you know what I mean? We'll never be able to, you know, walk out outside in Harlem or whatever and act like we're standing on our own. You know, we're always going to be standing on the shoulders of the great ones. Okay. That well, we, 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 we need Sadie, man. We need Sadie back in New York. Done deal. Oh, nah. You know that's in the works. Talk to Blue. We we definitely. When you spoke to me last time, the ball started rolling. Last time I seen you, we had that conversation. So it's all good. We gotta make right. that happen. All right. All right. Let's do it. I'm, I'm trying to get these sponsors for them. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. No doubt. All right. See Noah. Be <laughs> yourself a favor. You know what I'm saying? Carry this conversation with you. Remember both conversations because they balance one another out, even though they were saying different things. I think that that's what Booker T kind of came in and explained beforehand. You know, um, when, when being able to disagree without being disagreeable. So, Gregory came on Tuesday and spoke about education. He's like, and that's all they give us, you know, bump education. You know what I'm saying? Wow. We're going through an earthquake right now. Whoa. Okay. Oh, what time is it? In Cali? It's 1210. Wow. They got going to an earthquake in California? Yeah. All right, well, you got your, you got your emergency kit, brother? <laughs> you better uh-huh. get Ace on, on, on Facebook. I'm playing. Okay, 9-11. 9-11. Yep. All right, so, you know, we got homework. Now we got homework for the night. got to do the coordinates and, you know, line all that up. But, yeah. I think that uh, when the brother was talking about, you know, education, more so he was maybe talking about higher forms of education or just thinking that somebody acquiring a certain level of education that equals liberation when he was talking pretty much about a more proactive struggle. And I think that that's what the brother James Small was talking about, uh, a wider agenda in terms of your attack plan, you know what I'm saying? Like hitting it from all centers, guerrilla, guerrilla warfare, attacking it from all points, you know, in an unorthodox manner, you know, catching them, you know, without them seeing you come, 
catching them mm-hmm. coming from places that they don't expect. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a concerted effort, you know. And I do feel and think that you know, even though people don't see the part that music and culture and entertainment will play in this, I think that you know, we haven't seen the full culmination of what they have to offer with this information and this music that's coming forth from Jay Electronica and the likes because he's going to spawn other people to follow his patterns. There's an opportunity for a conversation to change in this country. Hello? Hello? Innovation, the opposite of Satan The way I feel now, the opposite of raging Chilled out like an underground jazz club Cloudy spot, Ethiopian good bud Hit the bong, make it bubble like My bad Hello? Yeah You okay? You trying to say something? <laughs> nah, this, this call cue got a mind of its own right now Okay but yeah, just like the uh, the last artist, you know what I'm saying? I guess he wanted to second what it was that I was saying in regards to a different form of music, a different vibration, a different conversation is taking place, and it's going to intensify. And I know when I hear that music, I know that there's something in me that wakes up, and it's like, oh, let's get it, you know? And it's going to have that effect on the children as well. So there's going to be more potential to make a connection with these children out here that know something ain't right and they're going to have very unstable energy and just sitting still and dealing with that. So there's going to be an opportunity to reach a larger portion of people. You know, there's going to be more open ears. So things that are coming forth, such as this council, the things that are coming forth, such as the UFO conference, because that's essential, that's key. But the Council of Elders has to come first, you know what I'm saying, because the Council of Elders has to put certain things in perspective, you know. And then once the brother is able to lay the agenda out about what it's going to take to terrestrially take over, you know what I'm saying, your surroundings, your domain, your dominion, okay, if you're G-O-D, you know, this got to be your dominion. You have to recognize it as such, and you got to attack it in a way in which it's all-out warfare. You got to get on your 300. You got to get on your campaign. Take these stores over. Guerrilla warfare. You know, make your warfare economic. Take these cleaners over. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And let's find out who has, you know, the, the, the fresher, more innovative ideas in our community. When these forums come together, make sure that at some point you engage the audience. Find out, you know, the young audience or the young elders are coming to see the elders. Find out what the young elders have to offer. The answer that you're looking for are going to be in that room, okay? So, and then, you know, then you can talk about everything that comes off-planet because the key to the off-planet situation or demonstration that we're seeing right now, the key to the wheel, key to a lot of things, the crystal mothership, it's a re programming and a retuning of who and what you are. It's a strengthening. It's a reinforcement 
of your ability to follow your will to pop off. But you got to pop off. That's your cover. You know what I'm saying? That's your balance. Those are the people that's going to hold you down. But you got to be willing to lift a finger first or you'll never see that happen. So it's a window. It's an opportunity that as a people that you can save not only yourself, but when you make a move to save yourself, you're going to spark a move to save not only this planet, but this galaxy, because the fight that you start that begins on this mundane level is going to go up on so many other levels. There's a fight that needs to be fought throughout this entire galaxy against your adversarial force. Okay? But you have to deal with the reality of the situation first. So the reality is the first and the most prolonged and serious fight deals with self. Okay? And in that self, is you're wrestling away from the things of which you say you're fighting against. So if you identify and this man is your adversary, everything that comes from the man from your adversarial force is something that you shouldn't be putting in your body and consuming. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't be identifying yourself with any aspects of this adversarial force that you want to get up out of your system. You should not be engaged in that system. So everything that you do from this point forth to be to destroy the adversary within you and then start toppling the adversary system and creating your own. You know? So this is just not about your survival and your ascension as an individual that's selfish. It's about as a species. It's about stepping into that next place that Dr. Blair be talking about, graduating. There ain't no punks in heaven. <laughs> there ain't no cowards in space. 